RSN Carnival 2. When footy's done and dusted, the weekend footy wrap, Monday mornings at 10. It's the round in review from the footy punter's point of view. Andrew Cuse and Adam White deliver the weekend footy wrap, Monday mornings at 10, and then on podcast. We are the Australian Literacy and Numeracy Foundation, striving to empower our most marginalised communities through literacy and education. Literacy is having a voice. Literacy is opportunity. Literacy is dreaming big. Literacy is freedom. Today, you can help end inequality and give every child access to our life-changing and proven literacy programs. Your support is vital. Donate now at alnf.org. For the big game this weekend, here's where to meet up. The Mail Exchange Hotel, five minutes walk from Marvel Stadium. Ales, wine, superb food and tap terminals. The Mail Exchange Hotel, it's where the footy fans meet up. Corner of Burke and Spencer Streets, City, opposite the steps at Southern Cross Station. Inside Racing, the official magazine of Racing Victoria and Australia's best monthly racing information source. Inside the June issue, the full wrap of the Warrnambool Carnival. All about Payne, Pateman and ZL. There are profiles on racing trainer David Eustace and gun jockey Dean Holland. Plus the industry section for trainers and jockeys. Subscribe to Inside Racing. Call customer first. 1300 139 401. For advertising 1300 783 112. Need a new car battery? RACV comes to you seven days a week. Book your installation online in just minutes and they'll do the rest. To book, visit racv.com.au slash batteries. The verdict. We're going to have Sydney and Melbourne clashing next spring. Increasingly so, aren't How we? much can Greg Nichols control this in his new job? We can't. We had that conversation. I don't know. The Batten Committee, I think, needs to sort it out. But again, I think it's all down to the voting. So this is the quandary where the bigger states can overrule the smaller states. The Verdict, 9 till 10, Monday mornings. Part of Monday's Racing Pulse on RSN 927 for OTI Racing, where sport and lifestyle collide. Find out more at oti.com.au. Get back to work. But I am working. What, your latest Instagram post? I'm lodging a free dial before you dig inquiry online. Visit 1100.com.au to use this free service or call 1100 during business hours. 48 matches, 10 teams. It's the fight for cricket's holy grail. When it's the World Cup, when it's a big event, they turn up. When it's as big as the World Cup, RSN 927 ramps up the team. And they put in a performance, and boy, have they done that today. Whitey. Our commitment to the World Cup is world class. On the Breakfast Club, on the Late Show, and on Sports Overnight. Former Australian players John Hastings and Cat White will be with us throughout the cup. Pakistan side with their Champions Trophy result. In 2017, are yeah. a dangerous team. Embedded with the Aussie team, vice-captain Alex Carey, a regular guest. G'day, Alex. guys. Following every cup match, cricket writer Adam Collins. The atmosphere was astonishing. They were sitting with the fans down there. And we're proud to roll out the Final Word podcast. Direct from England, just after 5.30 every morning, inside the breakfast bar. Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon wrapping up all the overnight play. Shakib got the man of the match, but his bowling was the key just to really squeeze South Africa and derail them through the middle. All the way to the World Cup final. We're about the game because we love our cricket. RSN 927. 
927 conducts competitions almost every day. Every contest is run according to our general competition rules. There are even competitions which have specific terms and conditions. If you would like to read our general competition rules or any special terms and conditions, look for the links on the competitions page at rsn.net.au or ask for a copy during business hours at the RSN 927 reception desk. There's jumpers, hoodies, and tees for you at leaguetees.com.au. Leaguetees.com.au is your place for retro footy gear with designs created by local artists that you won't find anywhere else. Plus, their unique range of women's footy tees help raise funds for Indigenous literacy programs. Get online and start shopping today. Leaguetees.com.au RSN Carnival 2. On WARFradio.com and on Facebook Live, you're listening to the VFL Women's Match of the Day, our pregame show, thanks to LeagueTees.com.au. Peter Holton, Daniel Hill, Matthew Cox with you here at Main Oval Melbourne University for a 12pm bounce down today. That means we're 55 minutes away from seeing the GWS Giants at their third VFLW Invitational Match. They are taking on the Melbourne University Muggers, but as some of you may know, they are, of course, aligned with the North Melbourne Tasmanian Kangaroos in the AFLW. Welcome to today's game. And just a quick note, this game is not being broadcast today on RSN Carnival 2 due to some technical difficulties they're having with their studio. But we are live through WARFradio.com. That's if you need to listen to it because you might be driving out and about. Or, of course, you can watch us live via Facebook today. And fingers crossed, we'll be able to have the vision of the game from you from 12 o'clock. We're just waiting for the camera guy to show up with the cable. Don't you love last-minute stuff like that? And joining us, first of all, we'll go right down the far end. Uh, our match analyst today, not on play-by-play. He's just taking a little bit of a siesta after calling two games yesterday in the under-16s and under-18s between Vic Country and Vic Metro at an Avalon Airport over in Werribee. It's great to have back a semi-frozen Matthew Cox. Yeah, and I'm glad I'm not in uh, shot either at the moment, uh, just keeping out. Oh, there, there he is. Go. There he is. He's just there. He's <laughs> hiding. Hello, Coxie. Got, got dicky knee on my head, too. Um, hey, Mr. Sutters! <laughs> uh, it's good to be back at Tinelli. Haven't been here for a while. Haven't uh, done the last couple of games where you guys have been here, and it's nice to see that it's in its traditional strip. Boggy. Um, <laughs> looks resembles more of a cow paddock than it does of a football field, but that's what uh, we've come to expect with Tinelli. And also joining us today for the first time in season 2019, co-founder of WARF Radio, and of course was here for our very first broadcast. Uh, believe it or not. Five years and one week ago today, it was on June 15th when we called Melbourne University and Darabin here. The play of the day that day, by the way, was Katie Brennan. She won a pancake parlour voucher and she didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> it's great to have with us on Play by Play today, Daniel Hill. Yes, Pete, it's great to be back. And uh, look, I'm glad we're not on RSN today because I might say a few superlatives by accident. <laughs> so that's always good. 
Uh, I've even come with prepared lines, Pete. Prepared lines? Yeah, that's how well I'm going. So in the in the five years that we've been doing this, um, there's three certainties. Our AFL teams are still serving up false hope. Yep, <laughs> yep. The yep. with that. the Saints, for those of you at home. Yep. Um, federal Labor can't get out of its own way. Yep. And yep. women's sport, and in particular women's footy, is growing at an absolutely rapid rate. Nothing really has changed in the last five years, and don't we love that? You, you're just on autopilot <laughs> for the next three hours. That's that's what's going on here. Yeah. And uh, I was late. Did I get the fourth one? No, no. You were at eleven o'clock. You were exactly on, on time, time, as we said. So, yes, yes. That, that's why we have a five-minute ad break before we go to air. <laughs> Accounting for you showing up. It won't be just the three Stooges here, by the way, on your Facebook live stream. We will be having at uh, 10 past 11, we'll be joined by Roger Moten, of course, who's the VFLW coach for the GWS Giants. We'll be having a chat with him before the game. And then at 11.30, we'll be catching up with the forwards coach of Melbourne University. He actually coached in Canberra as well, in the women's who was coaching at the Quimbian Tigers. That is Shane Webster. He'll also be uh, in the commentary position uh, to have a little chat with us. And we've been told reliably today, a player that you know and used to pump up a bit, uh, uh, Dan, Lauren Moorcroft, who of course is an assistant coach at Melbourne Uni. Uh, we've been told that she will actually take over the head coaching reigns for today's game for the Muggers. Very Brendan Bolton Hawthorne style. That's good Lauren's, geez, she'd only be be a tick over 30 maybe. She's young, isn't she? Yeah, 30, 31 I think at a guess. Yeah, that's sensational and what a day to do it on a day that Lauren Moorcroft would have loved. A little bit slower. Uh, yeah, yeah. A little bit wet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Need, need to be sure by foot. In tight, got to be aggressive. Got to be aggressive. <laughs> it is an absolute, as you said earlier, Coxie, it's, you just look at these grounds around the country nowadays with uh, with the, the drought proofing and, and whatnot. Uh, Melbourne Uni, they weren't on that schedule. No. This turf's been here since about 1970, and it still shows up in the same fashion. I just like how what they've tried to do uh, for those of you at home, is down in, and this used to happen back in the day, down in front of the bench where the in- interchange area is, they've tried to go with the sand. They've tried to roll out the sand to sort of try and make it hold together. It hasn't worked. <laughs> it looks it like, was, looks it like a, a chocolate attempt. milkshake. It, yeah. it was a good attempt. Oh, dear. <laughs> just get the, it's like the golf course. Just get the sand bucket out and just hopefully the players will be able to... Uh, of course, that's why they did that back in the day where they split the interchange benches. And this is... Um, this is one of the few places where it's still pretty much together on the wing. And, and hello to those on Facebook.live. I just remembered to turn the audio on for Facebook Live, so hello to those. Is that why we can now hear a different yeah, feedback? Yes, I, I will be changing that feedback in just a moment's time when I adjust the settings. That's how much of a great start we're off to this Sunday. Did you mention that I haven't found a park for my car yet? It's, just, yeah. it's got the hazards on out the back. And that's why he'll be ducking off. For those that have just joined us, Roger Moten is going to be joining us in just a moment's time and also will be joined here on the call by uh, Shane Webster, the uh, forwards coach at Melbourne University. Dan, we'll let you go for a moment. Roger's just waiting there in the corner and we'll get him to jump on the microphone here on WARFradio.com and via Facebook.live. It's all happening today, isn't it? It really is. I just love I've got an echo coming through my ear. <laughs> yeah, it's all happening, but we'll have that sorted out as the interview goes along. It's great to have, of course, on the microphone here on WARFradio.com and on Facebook.live, of course, for all the uh, GWS fans that are watching the VWS NFL coach of the GWS Giants in Roger Moten. Roger, welcome back to Melbourne. Slightly con- different conditions to a month ago when you had a beautiful day out there at the Swinburne Centre. Yeah, it's uh, 
Yeah, I can't can't see the sky. It's uh, <laughs> cloudy. The, the sun's not out, but uh, you know we, we we deal with footy weather. This is true footy weather. And it's what we want to be a part of. So. How much does that change the game plan when you arrive at a ground today and you go, okay, this is going to be a slow, boggy track? Yeah, look, you know, we've we've addressed it already amongst the coaches. We, it doesn't, um, you know, ultimately the uh, the expectation about how we move the footy is the same. Yeah, there's some awareness that the middle is pretty boggy, and what we want to try in the middle may not be the same. But uh, otherwise, we're effectively looking to move the ball as much as we can in a similar fashion to to the dry conditions, just with the awareness that we probably need to get ourselves in a little bit closer to the contest and um, be a bit more uh, aligned with the ball when we try to win it. You played about a month ago now. What's it been like between finishing up at Punt Road and then coming here? Yeah, five weeks uh, since the last game. It's, uh, you know, in, in essence, a lot of the girls have been able to go back and play some club footy, um, which we're, we're completely comfortable with them doing that. The, um, the, the build-up or the development of the group which just allows us a bit more education with some of the newer faces, um, repeat information for the girls that have been around our program. Um, and in that time, you know, we've actually, uh, we've, I guess we've probably been able to try a few girls in, in some education in some different lines that they, they would otherwise not be a part of. So five weeks is, uh, you know, you'd love to, love to play uh, sooner, um, but, you know, you deal with that and, and we're ready to go. What did you take out of the first two games against Williamstown and Richmond? Just from, a, an edu- as you said, that educational perspective, some of the key messages that you were telling the group from those performances, even though they were dominant wins? Yeah, I, I probably noticed that some of the VFL teams like to maintain or possess the ball a little bit more. So they, rather than um, you know, the, the quick movement trying to get it to potentially to the outside and, and, and get it down the line, they look to... Uh, possess the ball a little bit more in their halfback um, and try and build that ball up through the forward line. So for us, it's just an awareness to be uh, closer and check to our opposition. Um, and that's that's perfect because, you know, it's great to have control of a game at, at points when, you know, we may have that. But on the uh, on the other side of it, we need to work a lot on our defensive structure and our defensive um, application. So, you know, for teams to possess the ball for us, it just means we need to be more disciplined to, to try and stop that uh, and stop that possession. We remember in the game uh, last time against Richmond at the Swinburne Centre, in the space of about 20 seconds apart, Alicia Even, Tate Mackerel both went down. They're both being named today. What was the idea behind uh, at the time when the injury happened? It, it looked serious for both of them. We're glad they're obviously back out there. Was it just a case of a couple of weeks on the sidelines from local football for them before they came back? Yeah, both girls, um, you know, both girls were injured enough that we, we made decisions to remove them from the game and, and obviously when you're not playing for points those decisions are easier to uh, to do and, and to, to remove them from the game and then allow them to progressively return to play over the last five weeks. Obviously if we were playing three weeks ago I, I can't say that I know that either of the two would have been ready to play but um, with the five weeks between then you know we're very confident in their ability to uh, get through the whole game. A um, couple of the, the players that caught our eye in the uh, previous couple of matches, uh, Del Magissu didn't play in the, the second game but was fairly prominent against Williamstown uh, first time up. Emily Goodsir was also good in that game as well. A couple of the other standout players in your eyes that you're looking to see a bit more responsibility from today? Yeah, uh, we, we've, we've made seven changes from our last game and again that just rolls in theme with how we're looking with or approaching the whole invitational series, you know, getting games into some girls that wouldn't normally be offered opportunity. So the likes of Delma, Sarah Ford, Emily Goodsir, you know, they 
they effectively get their second opportunity to to present uh, you know what they're capable of and and realistically the message to the group is all about taking that opportunity because they want to be measured they want to be given the right feedback um, but they need to play to get that feedback they need to play to get that measurement so this is their opportunity and, and we almost walk away from the same well there's a game, no excuses, let's go and play. So those three girls, um, Lauren Horton's back into the team. Um, uh, we, we've, we've got a couple of new faces. Britt Perry's been playing down Adelaide with the SNFL, played in the grand final with North Adelaide. Um, so she's returned to play um, this weekend for us. She hasn't been around the group for the, the training period, but she's uh, an ex-AFLW player from last season, so she knows most of the girls. And Erin Todd also is another player that has joined our squad comes in for her first game today. And obviously the, the bigger names in Jess Delpos, Tanya Hetherington, those usual AFLW suspects, what are you looking to get out of them today? Is it more testing their versatility uh, around the ground or is it to just go there and start directing those younger players in the, in their regular positions? Yeah, the leadership is big for them. We, we, we have that, um, you know, feel that the better they are on the field, as leaders, they'll play naturally better because they're instinctively good players, but um, they need to develop themselves as leaders. And having a, a different lot of faces around them is going to test them in that leadership capacity, but that's what we want to see. You know, That's what we want them to face, that leadership test where they're having to direct new players and communicate you know, to messages to new girls in the, in the group. So, yeah, it's great having them back. It's it's a warm feeling when you walk in and, and they're here. You know, They come up and train with us during the week on the, on the week prior to the game and... and the girls are fantastic in terms of their attitude, but also the rest of the group just warm to seeing them in, back in the rooms. And how are you finding the challenge? Because it's not the typical senior coaching position, if you like, given that there's quite significant breaks in between. What are you finding the most challenging aspect of it? Oh, yeah, you'd love to, like the first two games where you play back-to-back, you'd love to have that consistency because it, it, it then allows you to self-reflect and, and bring your better self to the next effort um, a bit like the girls uh, so for me whilst it's not not the ideal scenario it's 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 still getting that opportunity to work with um, the girls deliver the messages the key team messages but also having those individual chats and you know that just allows me to grow as a as a coach um, getting to know the girls only setting myself, myself up better for um, AFLW season four when you know take up that role as a senior assistant coach again. Well, we thank you very much for your time. and know it's fairly busy. <laughs> we know you're pretty cold here today too here at uh, Tinelli. Thanks very much for, for joining us here on the pre-game show Thanks, and we wish you all the best. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Peter. The coach there of the VFLW Invitational Series, Roger Motten uh, from the GWS Giants uh, here today as they take on Melbourne University at Tin Alley in one of their uh, games. Their two previous games, of course, dominant victories against Richmond and Williamstown. And thank you very much for covering the yeah, Coxie, I just had to send an urgent message to Dan Hill, who's parking his car at this very moment. Would you believe uh, we don't actually have the cable to plug into the camera to plug in? So I've urgently asked him, is there any chance he can run to JB Hi-Fi, get a mini HDMI to HDMI cable so we can plug into the camera so we can do the stream for everyone? That, that might be where uh, he finds a car park back in the city. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah ex- exactly, Hi-Fi. at Melbourne Central. So, um, yeah, 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 so uh, I'm, I, I've got a message from him. Okay, can do. Yeah, okay. Hang on. You, you are to see the message yeah, yeah. right here that I'm texting to say. Well, while, while you're doing that, we'll, we'll go around the grounds because all the regular VFLW games have been played already this weekend uh, in the competition. Uh, yesterday, the game that you were at, Bill Laurie Oval, Darabin getting their first win of the season 
a 20-point margin over Williamstown, 4-7-31 to 1-5-11. The goal kickers for them yesterday for Darabin, Lauren Pearce, dominant uh, from reports, uh, Honeybun, Samara David and Kennedy were the other goal kickers for them. Merritt, the only goal kicker for Williamstown in yesterday's clash. Your thoughts coming away from yesterday after also seeing uh, Darabin go down to uh, Collingwood by quite a hefty margin well, the they, week prior. Well, they turned it around and we thought that Williamstown were probably going to be the favourites, albeit slight favourites going into the game because... We go, okay, uh, they've got some experience in there, including, um, the, as we said, the likes of Moana Hope, who had been at Collingwood and North Melbourne, Alicia Newman, who was on the uh, Melbourne list, um, uh, names just escaping me at the moment, number five for Williamstown, who uh, was, uh, Nikki Wallace, who was on the Brisbane Lions list. So they, they had some uh, uh, senior talent there, and we thought, okay, that should be enough to get them over the line. But it was a real grinded out win for uh, Darabin, and, and they've got to give full praise out of that contest to Lauren Pierce. Lauren Pierce set it all up. Rachel Champong did well with the body on body work, but it's what Lauren Pierce did around the ground to try and set things up, putting it down the throat of stuff like Annalise Lister. She was great running the ball. Jenna Lawson Tavern. We look at Genevieve Lawson Tavern. You know, she's a player that's been around for a few years now, young player, and you wonder, gee, she, she's one that's gone under the radar that could fill a spot on the list. We're not saying she's a superstar by any means, but would add depth to someone's list. So that's a name you've got to keep looking out for. Jenna Lawson Tavern. Plus, as we said, Esther Honeybun doing well. Molly Eastman, which there's been talks that she might be picked up by West Coast. So, again, it was a really good effort considering they're missing players like Elisa Day and uh, Karen Paxman at Darabin. Yeah. And, and Lauren Arnell as well. And, of course, as we heard last week, a fairly, uh, well, over half the list turned over from last season to this season with all the yeah. AFLW movements. So mm-hmm. nice to see that they're on the board for the year. Williamstown, we saw them a couple of times earlier in the, the season. Do you... Did you see anything different yesterday from the outputs that they were putting in early on, which were competitive, but they weren't able to get it on the scoreboard? Well, talking about them having a small forward line, which doesn't help. Um, Mo Hope was on the ball, as expected, and she was doing a lot to drive things, and she's doing a lot in defence. The ball was ending up there a lot. Gemma Anderson tackling, great pressure. Jacinta Reed read the ball very well across half-back. Um, Alicia Newman tried hard, but really... It didn't have the impact that was probably desired. Um, it wasn't an awful game, but it wasn't it wasn't enough to create goal opportunities, and that was the problem. They were breaking down across centre and trying to get something going at half forward. Shani Whiting tried her best, but they were really missing some focal points. And if you go back to last year, you go, "Geez, what a difference would have been having if you had." Jess Duff in the back line, but also up forward where you have Jenna Bruton as a midfielder pushing forward and Jazz Garner there at centre-half forward. Jeez, those type of players missing are really hurting them. And I notice, uh, just looking down the list, uh, oh no, they are playing. I thought Jasmine Garner and Jenna Bruton weren't playing. They're just wearing different numbers today for uh, Melbourne University, which is handy. Uh, the Cats uh, yesterday got their second win for the VFLW season, defeating uh, the Casey Demons down at G- GMHBA State. Stadium, 88-56 to 4-3-27. All kicked three goals. Benham kicked two. Singles to Cranston, Crockett Grills and Vanderhoeville. Whilst for Casey, Cordner, Emerson, Johnson and Speedy were their goal kickers. So a good effort there for Geelong to get their second win of the season. And Casey, they're still very hard to read at the moment. 
Indeed they are there. They're up and down with form. And they got out of the blocks to a great start. Three and zip, and then all of a sudden it all came undone against the Southern Saints. And from there it went backwards. Geelong, slow out of the blocks at the start of the season. But as, as I heard on the interview uh, that we heard through WIRF Radio, courtesy of GoFooty.live, um, their coaching staff were talking about the fact of when they were getting beat, they were unlucky to lose to the Western Bulldogs. They, less, they lost by a kick to Collingwood. So they said they haven't been, besides the first game against Melbourne Uni here, they haven't been belted. Mm. They've just, you know, lost some close ones. You flip the coin the other way, they win two. All of a sudden, they're in the top four. So it's like a shark in the water. They're lurking about Geelong and poised to strike. Yes, uh, continuing on from the season last year where they made the grand final, went down to Hawthorne. Another side that's difficult to read at the moment, the Western Bulldogs, again, started undefeated run. They've dropped the last two games yesterday, going down by a very hefty margin to Collingwood, who are a side that has found form. 13-5-83 to 1-3-9. Collingwood, wow. <laughs> we saw them in that first game against the Southern Saints. We go, oh, this could be a long season, particularly off the back of what happened in the AFLW when they finished Wooden Spoon as we go, oh, geez, things don't look bright. And then something happened. Yeah. A, it's handy you've got a player called Brianna Davey in your side. And some of their bigger names did come back that weren't playing in that Southern Saints game. But, yeah, they flicked the switch. And as I was talking to Nicole um, uh, Nicole Graves about yesterday, I go, it's amazing. When we had the Collingwood coaches position, we've had some other positions uh, available as well, including the Gold Coast, which got filled by David Lake. And now we've got the Western Bulldogs position vacant, which we'll talk about soon. The name Penny Kula-Reed is not popping up in the mainstream media. Mm. I mean, I don't know if it's because Penny's just not at that stage. She's comfortable to throw the hat in the ring. I don't know that. But it's like, even if she wasn't, why isn't the name out there in the mainstream media in the conversation? She's got them as minor premiers last year. Unfortunately, they went out in straight sets, including that injury to Malloy in the preliminary final, which didn't help. But you've got to think, okay, slow out the blocks in the first game, and after that, they've just gone the last couple of weeks and belted sides. I mean, the Bulldogs were sitting top of the table a couple of weeks ago. Come out and absolutely belted them, put the foot down. They come up against Darabin, a side with great prestige, absolutely slaughtered them. And you've got to go, why is Penny's name not being thrown up there in the conversation? Even if she doesn't make a shortlist, surely, as much as we review, obviously, Beck Goddard, and any time there's a coaching vacancy, everyone goes, Beck Goddard! Why isn't the name Penny Killer Reed there? Oh, I'm surprised that she, well, whether she was in consideration for the Collingwood job or not, but just mm. given the way, A, the, the, the last, so the two years that she's been at the helm mm. of the VFLW side, they have looked completely different to the AFLW mm. side. They've been competitive, they've been hungry, they've took accountability, both uh, the senior listed players from the mm. AFLW, but also the players stepping up on the VFLW program. It's happened again this year, probably to a, a a more consistent um, output, I, I suppose, given that they're now dominating sides on the ground. And I, I just looked down at the goal kickers from yesterday's game. You had Lambert standing out again, four goals. Stacey Livingston kicked three goals. Livingston used to be a forward at Port Melbourne Colts going back. But has been traditionally a defender in Collingwood Colours. Mm. We saw her go forward last week, which mm. was a bit uh, mm. curious, but obviously they're testing her versatility, which is mm. good. Uh, Shani Layton, two goals. Do- uh, not dominated, but very impressive last week out of Preston City Oval. Clearly, again, down in Morwell yesterday. Chevron kicked two. Casey and Lynch contributing as well. Uh, 62% of the footy they had yesterday, according 62%. to the... 62%? 2% to 38 for the Western Bulldogs. So, someone was saying the other day about percentages, about um, it's almost like politics when it comes to footy possessions. You know, if it's almost one-sided if you've got a 53-47 split of possession. 
Here's a side with 62% of the ball against a side that was on top of the table two weeks ago. And, okay, the, the Bulldogs didn't have their stars in yesterday, but McLeod was in there, Celine Moody was playing, Bailey Hunts, and there were a couple of recognisable names that were on that list yesterday for the Western Bulldogs, and they got pummeled. That's, they got absolutely pummeled. Uh, that's, uh, um, yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, but the Collingwood march on. Um, if I'm correct, I think top of the table now with that, are, uh, yep. with that percentage booster. So 243.2%. Jeez. The Southern Saints are next best with 178.4. They uh, defeated Hawthorne yesterday in a real tight, low-scoring affair at Box Hill City Oval, 2-5-17 to 2-2-14. And the other game that was played yesterday up in Darwin, the Northern Territory Thunder, doing a number on the Bombers, 12-4-76 to 1-6-12. I tell you one thing with uh, that game between the Southern Saints and the Hawks. I mean, talk about the coaches going head-to-head. The reigning premiership coach in Patrick Hill versus the five-time premiership coach of the Darabin Falcons in Peter Searle and an absolute arm wrestle. Because we know Paddy Hill was there the week before, right yes, in front of us yep. at Trevor Barker Beach Oval, stalking the Southern Saints, watching with intent alongside Brett Alexander, Meg Hutchins and Sarah Perkins, watching with intent. And uh, they clearly put the clamps on them, but uh, Kate Sheila kicked the goal, I think, at the 11.5-minute mark of the final term to give the Saints the lead, and they held on from there. Yeah, it was a real dour affair, just looking at the score sheet. Hawthorne. Hawthorne didn't kick uh, two goals until um, the final final term, and um, it would have been a real scratchy affair too, given the weather conditions here in Melbourne yesterday. Um, but uh, yeah, the Southern Saints continuing to get the job done, which is important. They got it done last week quite well against Melbourne University, uh, and now against Hawthorne too. They're building a very strong side at the moment. And joining us now here in the commentary position on WAIF Radio and on Facebook Live, it's our great privilege to have the forwards coach at Melbourne University joining us in Shane Webster. Shane, we know you're from Canberra, so familiar conditions. Very familiar. No, it's uh, it's exciting to have uh, GWS down here and to play in conditions that are very Canberra-like. It's uh, Yeah, there's uh, some familiarity about it. Just tell us a bit about your background and experience for, for people that don't know where you've come from and your football journey. Yeah, sure. So uh, originally from Canberra, so I've spent the last seven or eight years uh, coaching there, both in the men's space and women's space, uh, both in the NEFL and also with uh, with AFL Canberra with women. So um, and spent the last three years actually working with the Giants as a, as a development coach in Canberra. So, um, so I know some of these girls quite well. Let's talk about the state of footy at the moment in the Canberra competition. We know they've actually broken it up. There's now first grade, second grade in the women's competition. You were the Quimby and Tigers. How do you feel the talent's progressing along there in the Canberra market? Yeah, it's going really well. Um, there's a number of Canberra girls that have actually made the journey down to the VFLW this year and actually playing. Um, there's girls at Williamstown, uh, Collingwood, Casey. Um, so um, while there's opportunities, obviously, through the Giants program, there's some girls there that have got some talent that have made their way to Melbourne. So and it's, it's really strong. Is that the tricky thing for, for girls in Canberra? Essentially, like, as on purpose as the capital was built, it's halfway between Sydney and Melbourne. As, as much as it's the Giants' backyard, in a theory for the New South Wales draft pool, there's seven spots on offer when it comes to the draft. Whereas Victoria, with the new clubs coming in, as well as the current clubs needing players, there's, what, 50, 60 spots available. Yeah, that's right. I think that's the tricky part moving forward about the nomination process when you've got um, such a limited amount of space at the Giants and, and girls clearly wanting to progress to that next level and, and seeing opportunities in the state. So um, obviously economically there's um, there's some reasons why, but, um, but certainly for some of those girls coming to Victoria, there's opportunities for them more so potentially than if they stayed in Canberra or in Sydney. The difference in the way that you would coach uh, 
from Canberra coming to the, the Premier League of the, the Victorian women's football competition. What's the, the big difference that you've seen? Um, certainly two things that have stuck out. Number one would be the, uh, the depth um, in the talent uh, down here. Um, certainly in Canberra, you've got four or five to, to ten really classy players and, and, the, uh, and the talent kind of um, falls from there. And, and it's much about as a, a developmental phase for those girls as it is to try and teach to the top half of the list. Whereas here... Um, there's a lot more footy now and, and footy knowledge and clearly the experience of girls playing footy from a young age. Whereas in Canberra, we're still getting athletes from other sports and, and getting into the game at 18, 19. So that's probably the major difference. Coming into today's game, how difficult is the balance to obviously want to have some leaderships out there, but obviously trying to protect your better players considering the uh, muddy conditions? And you don't want to do an injury because, in a way, this is not for premiership points. No, that's right. But there's uh, there's some girls that haven't got an opportunity yet in the VFLW program to play, and I think that's um, great for them and great for us to see where they're at. Um, there's still some really talented girls who are playing today, girls that have got AFLW experience like Holly Whitford um, and girls like Courtney Daniek who have been trained on players for North Melbourne. So there's certainly some leadership and, and some good players out there, but it's a good chance for us to see what we've got moving into the second half of the season. And I'm assuming, too, it would be a good uh, opportunity to reset. It hasn't been the best of starts to the year for Melbourne University. You went down to the Southern Saints last week, yep. which we saw, and it wasn't your, your typical Melbourne University performance either. Was that spoken about during the week? Yeah, it has been. Uh, I think one of the things that's it's taken us a little while to uh, to get going, and we've had some really good performances, but um, we've had some performances where we feel like um, that, that reset um, could start today. So um, I think for us, we don't feel like we've been outplayed yet, um, but we're still trying to get our game and, and the things that we do well in check, and I think today was, is a great chance for us to do that. Well, Shane, thank you very much for joining us here at Women's Australian Rules Football Radio for today's game. We wish you all the very best as you take on the GWS Giants. As we say, fingers crossed, no injuries. Everyone comes through unscathed and hopefully a good hit out for the girls, particularly those that are trying to make their impression to get permanently into the VFLW 22-23 as you uh, go through the remainder of the season. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, guys. Shane Webster joining us here on our pregame show. Thanks to leaguetees.com.au. Coolest conditions out here at Main Oval in Melbourne University. Peter Holden, Matthew Cox, Dan Hill will be back with us shortly. He's currently at JB Hi-Fi buying said cable. <laughs> no, that's a positive. <laughs> Absolutely. And you were just saying, and I'll just get you to bring up uh, on your app there, you were talking about the Essendon NT Thunder game, which, unfortunately for the Bombers, is the second year in a row they've gone up there, and the NT Thunder have done a job on them. Yeah, and unfortunately for the Bombers, because they've had a pretty solid start to the year, I would say, even though there's been a couple of times they've been whacked uh, with some hefty margins. This was one one of them, uh, as we said, 12-4-76 to 1-6-12. The goal kickers yesterday for the Thunder. Thompson kicked three. Ponta kicked three. Hewitt kicked two. DeMello kicked two. Hickey won. And Stretter kicked one as well. Whilst for the Bombers, it was just Maureen that kicked the goal for them. So... Northern Territory, Thunder, again, another side that's building some good form. Uh, we saw them uh, in the, the last uh, probably couple of weeks, given we saw them against Collingwood at Vic Park, a game that they were competitive in, um, but just couldn't put the nail in the coffin, given they were missing some experience. Uh, they did well against Carlton. They bounced back uh, last week uh, against Richmond with a very good win against a, a side in the competition that uh, up until this point has been undefeated. Sorry, Richmond defeated them last week. Was that right, Pete? Uh, 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 yeah, they did. Richmond beat Richmond, them up there. Sorry, the other Darwin, way around. Yeah, yeah and now they they got over the line yesterday against the Bombers, just getting a little muddled there. Um, but the Northern Territory, one of the sides to watch out for 
today. Uh, the buys this weekend in the VFLW, Carlton and Richmond have the week off, whilst technically Melbourne Uni have the buy, but we're here today to call their invitational game against the GWS Giants at Main, o- Main Oval. Melbourne University, Tin Alley. Mouthful to say. <laughs> Absolutely. And you're going to love me for this. And, folks, get ready to watch Coxie's expression on this. When I did the team list for Melbourne University, I put down the numbers, but I forgot to change some of the names. Get ready. Yeah. I, when I saw before that Jazz Garner was wearing 39 and Jenna nah, Bruton 42. Nah. <laughs> folks, I did this. I did this after work on a Thursday, I think it was, after I finished work at 11 o'clock. It was about uh, half past midnight. <laughs> Oh, Professionalism so, at its finest. He, he's a little sneaky peek at uh, the the scratchy handwriting we're having to do over this now. Uh, this, this this takes us back memories. Twenty fourteen Q Giants versus Seaford. Seaford had the correct numbers. Q showed up in different jumpers altogether, and we had to write down different names and numbers. This is going to bring back memories today. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it. It's lucky when, uh, or we should be on RSN Carnival too, because we could do the scratching service, given what you're uh, currently scratching <laughs> yeah. out on the team sheet. That gives us a great moment to take a break, and we'll take a, a bit of a long one. We'll take a five-minute break just so we can scratch that out. <laughs> You can see him laughing in the background. We'll be back in a moment. Bounce downs at 12 p.m. today. GWS Giants and Melbourne University. Dan's got the cable. He should be there. We should have things plugged in here on RSN. Brilliant day. Brilliant Our broadcast is a bit like the ground at the moment. Yeah, all over the shop. Choppy. We'll be back after this. Pre-game for leaguetees.com.au. The Country Footy Show with Paul Daffy. And I'm by 95 points, and I should have won by about 135. After each round, all the good stuff about the game around Victoria. It's a bit of a dog that win in the end because we're a pretty young group, and everyone probably would have expected the Premiers to run over the top of us, but that wasn't the case. RSN 927's Country Footy Show with Paul Daffy and Andrew Hughes. There's a fresh podcast up every Monday at rsn.net.au. That's the way football is. Or catch the first release early Monday mornings on RSN 927. Analog, digital and streaming. Dry July starts soon. Go dry this July and raise funds to improve the comfort and well-being of people affected by cancer. Search Dry July and sign up today. If you love the caravan lifestyle, you want to keep your camper, pop-top or caravan in top condition. So head to the Bayswater Jayco Service Division. The workshop team are experts in servicing and repairs, including warranty and insurance work. And they can fit your new Bayswater Jayco accessories too. Why not book in for a service today and be ready for the road with Bayswater Jayco. Bayswater Jayco. Canterbury Road, Bayswater and at bayswaterjayco.com.au. You're okay. Just did it because he likes you. Don't try like a girl, mate. Violence against women starts with disrespect. The excuses we make allow it to grow. Violence against women. Let's stop it at the start. The 30-Minute Trots Report. One out, one back. All the industry news from around Victoria and the people who make this sport happen. RSN 927 joins Harness Racing Victoria for One Out, One Back. Thursday mornings at 10 and then on podcast. Your club, 
Craigie Burns Sporting Club. The Sporty is now your prime function venue. The breathtaking new function room is now open. Already it's hosted wedding receptions, engagement parties, christenings, birthdays and seminars. Up to 300 guests. And the reviews have been awesome. Why not make an appointment with the Sporty Function team to plan your special occasion? Craigie Burns' best functions are now happening at the Sporty. Craigie Burns Sporting Club. Find out more at craigieburnsc.com.au WorkSafe's advisory service is now open longer. To report an incident or ask advice, call 1-800-136-089, 7.30am till 6.30pm, Monday to Friday. When footy's done and dusted, the weekend footy wrap, Monday mornings at 10. It's the round in review from the footy punter's point of view. Andrew Cuse and Adam White deliver the weekend footy wrap, Monday mornings at 10, and then on podcast. The winter issue of Ladies in Racing magazine is out now with Winx on the cover. Inside, an eight-page Winx special packed with stories and photos. Plus, stories on the Wakeful Club's Lady of Racing, jockey Christine Pauls, Jamie Carr, and Harness Racing's fearless Reigns women. Ladies in Racing, for those who love the glamour and stories of females in racing. Six issues, starting with the winter edition, for only $59, including postage in Australia. Call 1-300-783-112 or see ladiesinracingmagazine.com.au. We are the Australian Literacy and Numeracy Foundation, striving to empower our most marginalised communities through literacy and education. Literacy is having a voice. Literacy is opportunity. Literacy is dreaming big. Literacy is freedom. Today, you can help end inequality and give every child access to our life-changing and proven literacy programs. Your support is vital. Donate now at ALNF.org. We go round Victoria for RSN 927's Country Notice Board. It's your statewide heads up on the best racing experiences in all three codes. Andrew Q's whips around Victoria for Country Notice Board. Tuesday mornings at 10 and later on podcast. There's jumpers, hoodies and tees for you at leaguetees.com.au LeagueTees.com.au is your place for retro footy gear with designs created by local artists that you won't find anywhere else. Plus, their unique range of women's footy tees help raise funds for Indigenous literacy programs. Get online and start shopping today. LeagueTees.com.au Or SN Carnival 2. <laughs> Welcome back to the BFLW match of the day. Uh, I'll tell you what, my, I grabbed the wrong headset. I've got the wrong team sheet. It is all happening here on the VFL Women's Match of the Day on RSN Carnival. Peter Holden, Matthew Cox, the comedy show. <laughs> That's going to get used a lot of times today. <laughs> 
And Dan Hill has just grabbed the cables five minutes ago. JB Hi-Fi Melbourne Central, which is uh, hopefully he'll be here at 12 o'clock. He has exactly 18 minutes to make it to this ground. Yeah, good luck. Good luck there, Dan, if he's uh, <laughs> streaming whilst he's running. Around. And our team sheets at the moment are completely out of whack. Yours truly having to write that down. <laughs> Oh. By the way, if you don't want to see this <laughs> schmozzle, you can listen just to the audio of the schmozzle on WARFradio.com today. Ignore the RSN Carnival too. They're having actually problems with their stream today. So go to WARFradio.com. Right down the bottom there, you'll see that, WARFradio.com, and you can hear the audio stream of the call of our VFL Women's Match of the Day, which is an invitational match today. Not only have you stuffed up the team sheets and grabbed the wrong headset when we came yeah. back to wear, but also your pens are out of it. So yeah, yeah, you're having yeah. a great morning. Because I'm trying to write down all these names here that's, uh, that I have got out of whack and out of order. Because I wrote down the numbers, but I forgot to change the names. Because <laughs> it was 12.30 in the morning when I was doing this. Let's talk about something else, shall we, for a moment. <laughs> AFLW issues. Gone. Coach Paul Grove said, look, I'm going to try something else. I'm going back to the education sector. We now have a vacancy at the Western Bulldogs. We do, we do. One of the uh, premiership coaches in the first three years of the competition as well, Paul Groves, winning AFLW number two, is, uh, as you said, decided to go back to the education space uh, where he's obviously qualified and a teacher and we wish him all the best with that. But as you said, leaves a pretty big vacancy at the Western Bulldogs and... Uh, Maybe throwing your name out there. I know she's the uh, operations manager there at the moment, but I wonder whether Debbie Lee might throw her hat in the ring, uh, given that she coached the VU Western Spurs, which now have a heavy alignment with the Western Bulldogs in the uh, in the VFLW and has uh, done some great administrative work behind the scenes with Melbourne, we know, and now with the Western Bulldogs. So I just wonder whether she might be a candidate for this position. I'll throw out some other names there. Obviously, Beck Goddard will be the obvious name because for membership coach, I think it's more to do with the package that's available, um, if it will be a full-time role or not. We don't know because it was actually a development role with the VFL side yep. that we put in there. So we don't know if that's going to be offered as a package or it's just the women's side that's going to be on offer. A name I'll throw in there, she was actually an assistant coach for the Bulldogs during the exhibition match series, currently at Melbourne, is Jane Lang. Yes, and we know that she's uh, a pretty good coach as well, um, having spent last the last couple of seasons as their senior coach at the Darabin Falcons. A couple of flags there. Not only a couple of flags, but also uh, put in, I would say, a really good effort last year, given that the, that was the first year Darabin lost most of their AFLW talent, their senior talent on the list, and she got them in uh, contention for finals. It wasn't until the last couple of rounds of last year that they uh, unfortunately were unable to make it, but she was definitely had them in a very good position, so is a very good coach. I believe she's now at Melbourne in uh, an assistant mm. capacity. Originally at Carlton in the first year. And uh, as you mentioned, has been with the Bulldogs prior to that in the exhibition series, so would be curious to see whether her name pops up amongst the uh, the candidates for the position, but it's it's curious, isn't it? We've got these great professionals and great coaches working in this space, developing the the AFLW talent. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just yeah, scratching. We're getting all serious, yeah. um, but that we're we're losing them because they they aren't, or most of them are not full time positions. If they are, they're supplementary roles uh, in other aspects of the club and. We're not going to get that for the next couple of years until we we get more in investment in the competition and it and it gets 
it, the length of the season gets stronger and there's more reasons for, for coaches to be there on a more permanent basis but it's it's just it's disappointing that we're losing these people to football well I'm going to throw out a, a two stats in just a moment and, and this is goes back to my criticism of the competition expanding too fast too quickly uh, I understand the reason why they want to bring the other clubs in there and maybe to align with the men's season TV rights etc um, but the issue is out of the eight coaches that started for the 2017 season the inaugural season only two remain Craig Starcevich at the Lions and Mick Stanier at Melbourne. Two out of the three premiership coaches, 66%, are already gone. Two out of three premiership coaches in the first three seasons of a competition, as I put out there on Twitter and someone said they were going to see if they could do some research to see if they could find an answer to my question, has any sporting competition in the world, male or female, had two or three premiership slash championship coaches leave in the first three years of a competition. Mm. Doesn't exactly scream stability. No, it doesn't. And that's just purely the nature of the competition at this point in time. It's not a, you know, proper competition for, for want of a better ter- term. The, the VFLW is a more stable, secure competition at the moment, provides a, a good standard of competition. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, that's what the position is. And, and these people, they all right, we know that the athletes are making sacrifices to be able to play mm. the game. Players moving interstate for, for periods of the year to be able to play. Uh, you know, a couple of examples on the GWS list, the likes of Tanya Hetherington uh, moving, you know, here, there and everywhere to be able to play football. Um, the coaches have to do the same thing because, again, it's not a full-time position. It's not a full-time competition. They, they just can't do it. And when you've got families and other worries that are going on in the background, you can't give yourself away to the competition if it's not going to be there on a permanent basis and the financial incentive isn't there. Well, and, and we're already seeing players leave the competition. We're seeing for Collingwood, Caitlin Edwards uh, retired at a young age to go play, or well, at least put her footy career on hold, I should say, to go play uh, rugby on a scholarship in the USA. We've seen uh, Jenna McCormack, who's put her career on hold. She said, well, she's already run two premierships. There's as much she can do at this level at AFLW because it's not full-time. So she's dedicating herself full-time now to playing soccer because in soccer there are those opportunities to play a summer in Australia and play your winter, which is the summer over there, over in uh, Europe or in the US. There's opportunities to create in that sport a full-time environment. And because it's not there, because they've gone the other way around with AFLW, instead of making the eight teams that originally started making them play a longer season and making them get to a more full-time, they've elected to keep it part-time and put more clubs in there and stretch resources at the same time couple of players have walked away. Coaches have walked away. That's not great. We're not saying, hey, oh, my God, the league's going to close down. We're not going anything like that. Alarmist. But it's not a great start. No, no, it's not. And it, and it creates, you know, there's not, I suppose, confusion or anything like that if you've got yeah. coaches coming in and out of the program. But mm-hmm. there's not that continuity that you'd be getting mm-hmm. it when you, you know, in, a, in the winter season when you, when you come to the... The club, okay, the VFLW is a little different now given most of the sides are trying to develop and and coach players, ironically. Um, So it's a little little bit different, but... um and disappointing because there's some quality coaches there that uh, are currently lost to football, at least in the short term. And... You need the stability there for a variety of factors. The coach is there who's going to attract good coaching staff, good behind-the-scenes people, operations manager, trainers, etc. 
it also then starts to attract the better players because, hey, this, this thing is more stable, so we want to stay there, we want to participate in this program. Also, by having a stability, it attracts more members on board because, hey, we might be going somewhere, this might be our year at a flag, etc., like we see in the men's game. But also the stability helps attract corporate sponsors, which is what's needed in the AFLW. We need more corporate sponsors on board because the more money that comes into the program, the more that the clubs can spend, again, on coaches and everything in the in the back room and uh, to keep developing and pushing their program. Again, with the more stability, it attracts more viewers, more listeners on radio, etc. But when it keeps chopping and changing, I understand that by introducing more AFLW clubs that brings in the supporters of this year, Gold Coast and West Coast, etc. But at the same time, you know, if, if the product weakens a little bit on the field, you know, people aren't fools. If, if the product weakens, they're going to turn away from it. I'm not saying they're going to turn away from it permanently, but they might not be there in some very important formative years. Yeah, correct. And, and the biggest issue at the moment is, I suppose, your traditional footy fans engaging with the competition because it's in the weird time spot of the year. Um, we're coming out of cricket season, coming into football season, momentum's building for that. Uh, and then and then it's just lost because, you know, the awareness of the, the state league competitions isn't as strong as what it could be. So the general yeah. engagement isn't there. And as you said, if they haven't got something to hang on to or, or almost like that leading light, if you, if you like, uh, out the front, then they're not going to pay attention. We see the Melbourne University side come onto the ground, just being led there by uh, Jessica Tancred just coming onto the ground. A few of them were in the long sleevers today, which I think might be the safest bet of the day, to say the least. We had at McDonald down there on the forward line. We could spot the GWS Giants out there wearing their predominantly orange uh, kit with a part charcoal. As uh, we're not too far away from a bounce down, we are eight minutes away here from getting underway at Main Oval in Melbourne University. We'll be joined very shortly by Daniel Hill in the uh, calling role. He's got eight minutes to get here, not only to be able to call the game, but also to have the cable, which we can plug in to show you guys the vision. Now, apologies for that. It has been in a cluster you-know-what coming into today. <laughs> let's, let's just say thank you very much to Peter Rainbow at, at SRS for allowing us to... Uh, take the vision, but um, I, I, I asked Pete, uh, does the person have the cable? What's the other person's fault? The camera person's fault? But uh, Pete went, I think so, and, and that message was about 10 minutes to 10 this morning. <laughs> so it's like, okay, so I won't drop by JB Hi-Fi. Maybe I should have. Yeah. <laughs> uh... I, I regret my decision of going to KFC instead of JB Hi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, putting, yourself, that... putting yourself first rather than the team. Good on you, Pete. <laughs> Oh, dear, oh, me. As opposed to last time at Richmond, we apologised we didn't get on air. We got a cable with the adapter, but apparently the Elgato capture card, which we use to plug into this system, doesn't like adapters. <laughs> and we got no vision that day. As opposed to the previous time, where we couldn't get onto Facebook, but we got onto YouTube for you, and then we didn't have the audio correct for the half, half a game. As I, as I said before, professionalism at its finest. The Three Stooges. <laughs> Here on our pregame for leaguetees.com.au. Trust me, they do a better job. For all your footy t-shirts, go to leaguetees.com.au. They've got the famous Fridge Army t-shirt, the Pepper Randall t-shirt there. We, Next question. We, we, we were talking about uh, having stability and secu- security. We haven't got that here on Wharf Radio either. <laughs> yeah. Professionalism? What's that? Never heard of it. We might take this opportunity to take a break. We'll be back in five minutes. Hopefully by then everything will be plugged in. You'll have at least an audio call for part of the game, and then when we can plug in, let's hope for the best. This is is the VFLW Invitational game between the GWS Giants and Melbourne University. We're six minutes away from Bounce Down. 
Pre-game for leaguetees.com.au. The Country Footy Show with Paul Daffy. And I won by 95 points and they should have won by about 135. After each round, all the good stuff about the game around Victoria. It's a bit of a dog that win in the end because we're a pretty young group and everyone probably would have expected the Premiers to run over the top of us, but that one's the case. RSN 927's Country Footy Show with Paul Daffy and Andrew Hughes. There's a fresh podcast up every Monday at rsn.net.au. That's the way football is. Or catch the first release early Monday mornings on RSN 927. Analogue, digital and streaming. Dry July starts soon. Go dry this July and raise funds to improve the comfort and well-being of people affected by cancer. Search Dry July and sign up today. If you love the caravan lifestyle, you want to keep your camper, pop-top or caravan in top condition. So head to the Bayswater Jayco Service Division. The workshop team are experts in servicing and repairs, including warranty and insurance work. And they can fit your new Bayswater Jayco accessories too. Why not book in for a service today and be ready for the road with Bayswater Jayco. Canterbury Road, Bayswater and at bayswaterjayco.com.au. You're okay. Just did it because he likes you. Don't try like a girl, mate. Violence against women starts with disrespect. The excuses we make allow it to grow. Violence against women. Let's stop it at the start. The 30-Minute Trots Report. One out, one back. All the industry news from around Victoria and the people who make this sport happen. RSN 927 joins Harness Racing Victoria for One Out, One Back. Thursday mornings at 10 and then on podcast. Your club, Craigie Burns Sporting Club. The Sporty is now your prime function venue. The breathtaking new function room is now open. Already it's hosted wedding receptions, engagement parties, christenings, birthdays and seminars. Up to 300 guests. And the reviews have been awesome. Why not make an appointment with the Sporty Function team to plan your special occasion? Craigie Burns' best functions are now happening at the Sporty. Craigie Burns Sporting Club. Find out more at craigieburnsc.com.au. WorkSafe's advisory service is now open longer. To report an incident or ask advice, call 1-800-136-089, 7.30am till 6.30pm, Monday to Friday. When footy's done and dusted, the weekend footy wrap, Monday mornings at 10. It's the round in review from the footy punter's point of view. Andrew Cuse and Adam White deliver the weekend footy wrap, Monday mornings at 10, and then on podcast. The winter issue of Ladies in Racing magazine is out now with Winks on the cover. Inside, an eight-page Winks special packed with stories and photos. Plus, stories on the Wakeful Club's Lady of Racing, jockey Christine Pauls, Jamie Carr, and Harness Racing's fearless Rains Women. Ladies in Racing, for those who love the glamour and stories of females in racing. Six issues, starting with the winter edition, for only $59, including postage in Australia. Call 1300-783-112 or see ladiesinracingmagazine.com.au. We are the Australian Literacy and Numeracy Foundation, striving to empower our most marginalised communities through literacy and education. Literacy is having a voice. Literacy is opportunity. Literacy is dreaming big. Literacy is freedom. Today, you can help end inequality and give every child access to our life-changing and proven literacy programs. Your support is vital. 
Donate now at ALNF.org. We go round Victoria for RSN 927's Country Notice Board. It's your statewide heads up on the best racing experiences in all three codes. Andrew Q's whips around Victoria for Country Notice Board. Tuesday mornings at 10 and later on podcast. There's jumpers, hoodies and tees for you at leaguetees.com.au Leaguetees.com.au is your place for retro footy gear with designs created by local artists that you won't find anywhere else. Plus the unique range of women's footy tees help raise funds for Indigenous literacy programs. Get online and start shopping today. Or SN Carnival 2. Indeed, it is the VFL Women's Match of the Day here on RSN Carnival 2. Normally, not today, unfortunately, because they do have dead air and WARFradio.com. Oh, dear oh me, dear oh me, Coxie. It has been an interesting day as we try to get things on air. Been a funny day. Absolutely. Um, And we can tell you at the moment that we do have Daniel on the way with the cable. So you're going to see the graphic on the screen until he arrives. Which he has just just appeared out of the bushes. So hopefully you might miss the first 30 seconds of play. But once that happens, then we will, of course, plug in and then we'll flick straight to it. And he's just dropped it. (laughs) So, so while that, while that happens, the ball is being held aloft. I'll call the first 30 seconds, then I'll hand it over to Dan. As the ball is thrown high in the air, we are underway. One out on vacation by Jess Allen. Tries to get the footy out. Allen will go in to try and lay a secondary tackle. Umpire circling in the glue pot and blows the whistle. We'll call for a ball up. Dan, you just grab a headset, mate. You call, and I'll figure out the cable for you. Don't worry about that, because the people want the vision. That's what oh. they want. As Allen brings the ball down, trying to go across there is Tapper. Now the Giants move at four. Forward, a bouncing football. Guess who wants to try and race after it? Comes in, lays the tackle, and we are going to call for a ball up about 45 metres out from goal. Dan, come in here, mate. We have a microphone here for you. No? Hang on. We'll find out. I'll let you. You sort it out. You call. I'll let the people... Uh... <laughs> 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 yeah, so the tackle is being laid on there quickly by Thomas. Thomas can't quite get the football out. Weaving through traffic. Trying to get a kick away, Mackerel. Her kick is smothered. In goes Stevenson. We're in the long sleeves. Trying to get a hand pass away. One-step kick. Flying shot at goal four. The Giants has hit the point uh, goal post on the right-hand side. And we're sure it's a minor score. The Giants one behind. And Melbourne University no score. I need to get my breath back. I'm knackered. <laughs> Which way are they kicking, Coxie? Help us out. Melbourne Uni going to the right-hand side. I don't know about this uh, orange long sleeves either. That's not a good look, is it? No. That's my first impression. <laughs> oh, dear. So Uni, they're at left half-back. I've got the wrong cables. Should have gone to the camera section, not the TV section. I'll learn from that. So Uni are working overtime at half-back. They're looking to go short. I think that was mentioned in the pre-game. But how much the sides in the VFLW like to possess the footy. Seeing a display of that here. It's pretty hard in these conditions. Up the line for Melbourne Uni. 
and it's going to be balled up centre wing. So we've played just on two minutes, and it feels like a lifetime, Coxie. <laughs> yes, it's been very, very interesting. As uh, We'll get a ball up now, centre wing on the outer side, running through for Melbourne Uni was Walsh. Long ball towards half forward, outer side. Came off hands. It's very boggy here at Tin Alley. And the umpire's going to ping holding the footy on this occasion. We'll get a free kick going the way of the Muggers. Just outside attacking 50 on the outer side. Just waiting for the option. It's a fairly congested 50 in front. It's a wobbly kick inside. Ball off hands. Giants. Looks to get a clearing kick towards the broadcast side. It's a bouncing ball. Comes away here of... Thomas. They just work it backwards here, Melbourne University. Danik flicks it wide. The handball's not really effective. There's a bit of holding going on, and the umpire says free kick going the way of GWS. So do I take it from the change in numbers that... Um... Yeah, I marked up on the team sheet. Thank you very much. Oh. As now, Lyle Kassam goes short, trying to find uh, the player in Jody Hicks. Ball goes over the boundary line and out of bounds. I thought they might have put a B-side in. I thought yeah. that was going to be my uh, question. My 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 my, my uh, suggestion next time to Pete Rainbow SRS, love you, mate. But when I call you on Friday night, answer the phone, <laughs> so therefore we can actually get the right cable as the ball is thrown back into play. Uh, apologies again for not being able to bring you the the vision as the ball goes over the boundary line and out of bounds. You can tell I'm happy. Thank you. Uh, as we wait for Saad and Alan in this contest. AFL has $49 million. 50 bucks for a cape would be nice as the ball is to be thrown back into play. Alan and Pete Saad. Holt, the show must go on. Uh, yes. Have another Saad go. Tapped it down, got it across to Tupper. <laughs> Tupper had to feed out the hand pass. Now trying to pick it up is Saad. Saad gets immediately caught on this occasion by Alan. Scott knocked away. Hurry kick by Perry. Got towards the half forward flank. Then the Privatelli feeds the hand pass off. Now going through Jess Delpos. Goes towards the half forward flank. Trying to bend over and pick it up is Schmidt. Couldn't Ooh. do so. Cleaning up there is Hay for Melbourne University. Works it sideways. Ball 45 metres out from the defensive. Muggers goal. Hurry kick around the corner on this occasion was by Britt Perry. Sausage. Now the hurry snap it. Goal looks pretty good. Hey, Stevenson. Stevenson gets the Giants first goal. They move to 1-1-7. Melbourne Uni no score. Four and a half minutes gone in this first term. Been very scrappy in the first four minutes too. Not a lot of clean play. A lot of uh, hurried decisions uh, being made across the ground. Louise Stevenson, she's done that a couple of times on this ground, having been a former mugger previously. Now with donning GWS colours, gets the first major of the day as we tick towards five minutes gone, first term. That was always going to be a go, wasn't it? In the early days of, of women's footy, she was one of the fitter players and they'd stick her on a wing or something like that and you looked at her as like a Jack Watts. You sort of said, is that the right spot? Mm. As a forward, she looks very dangerous. She played at half-back flank, actually, for Richmond. She played everywhere. I mean, that's, it's, it must be so hard for those players. You're popping up in six, seven, eight different positions. It's like, just give me a couple and I'll... There's one thing being yeah. a swing woman and there's another thing being an everywhere. But it unsettles then because you can't get into the game. You, can't, you don't know your role in the side, so then you can't impact the contest. So ball back in the centre of the ground. It'll be a free kick to the Giants. It'll go the way of Jess Allen. Gets the hands off towards Ali Brush. She gets it out very wide and the Giants look to work it around the outer side. Little hands over the top there from Gisu. She turned it over though. And the ball will go close to the line. Should go out. The umpire though says it stayed in play. And he'll throw it up. 
Right half forward, 55 out from GWS Gold. They've done all the attacking in this one. Very wet conditions here at Tin Alley for this one, Pete Holden. Absolutely. Canberra-like conditions, as we were chatting earlier with Shane Webster. Love the fog. That's uh, a real highlight. As the umpire blows the whistle, it goes over the boundary line and out of bounds. Seen over by Whitford. It's usually a good view here in Tin Alley of the city, but we don't have that today. As Just we... see the northern tip and that's it. As we wait for the ball to come back into play... Going at it. Allen brought it down. Crash of bodies in there. Umpire blows the whistle and says free kick going the way of the GWS Giants as they kick it straight through the hands of Stevenson who couldn't quite hang on to it. 35 metres out from goal. Lurking close towards the boundary line like a piece of soap there for Rowan who couldn't pick it up for Melbourne University. In goes Stevenson again, harassing hard. Coming into a later tackle now. Emily Goodsir, and the ball will go over the boundary line and out of play. That's a good name for a footballer, isn't it, Pete? Oh, yes. Hello, good sir. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Welcome back, Dad. Uh, <laughs> oh, see, my humour is much better than yours. You don't have to try and pull me down. Uh, as the ball is thrown back into play. Kicked along the carpet. Just waiting back there, one step and a big boot being laid in by Ingrid Nielsen. That's gone 80. It's dribbled into about uh, the top of the goal square. Ball now being picked up and immediately tackled more all over like a cheap suit. Is that a genuine attempt? It's not. Yep, and the umpire says holding the football. You've called that correctly. You've been umpire school this week. And we'll be having a shot on goal from about uh, 20 metres out slight angle. Amy Schmidt with the ball in her hands. So we do this in basketball, Pete. So what you do is you don't yeah. necessarily worry about the rules of the whole game. You just worry about the match you're playing in. So that'll be holding the ball all day. As Schmidt sneaks it in. And she kicks a goal. 2-1-13 GWS. Melbourne Uni at the score here on WARFradio.com. Audio via the website. Audio only on Facebook. And you've got an enjoyable trip back to JB Hi-Fi afterwards to return those cables. Well, we didn't that open don't them, work. so I'm, I'm going all I, right. I, I opened it, but it's fine. It's, you've wrapped it up. You can... Give it back. You've opened it on me after clearly it was the wrong cable. Now who's well, I had to double check. You can't take it back. Now it has you can take it back. It has to be said, Pete, I've got some gripes to get out there. So you've already done that. So I've got some gripes to get oh, out there. Oh, no. This can all be... the AFL community stop whinging about the umpires? Why is that? It's just ridiculous. They're so dumb they don't understand the rules. And that's you at home. I'm looking at you. <laughs> me? No, them. Oh. Shut up. <laughs> Sorry. Fair enough. Yeah, especially the Essendon supporters. Absolute nuffies. And you you know still what? think Michael Hurley's all Australian quality. He couldn't kick over a jam tin. Anyway, back in the centre of the ground. <laughs> Wolf Radio doing our best work today. Allen won the tap again. Then it was off a shoulder. Shot up in the air and Uni will get the takeaway. They go towards half forward, but cutting it off was Whiteley. She looks to go onto the outer side, which GWS has to be a tactic to play that side of the ground because that's pretty much all they've done to start this game. That's Houghton over there. She kicks around the outer side. And again, they're just working it nicely, GWS, superior skills. Ferrugia's got it, and it'll be 50. Called Coxie, I assume, protected area. Or encroaching the mark, one of the two. Yeah, ask the people at home, they'd complain about that somehow. It's the rules, look it up. Jesus, healthy 50. That's an 85. But if that's going to be the, the flow for the game, why not? In the wet, short pass was a good one. Jody Hicks marks it right half forward. Long way from home. Deep flanks here at Tin Alley. Is that Stevenson on the lead? Schmidt again. Schmidt again. She's popped up. She's done the big loop around the back. And that's a good mark wearing the number 11. 
I'll tell you what, GWS are leading into space a lot uh, better than, well, Melbourne Uni aren't really manning up on them at the moment. It's They're not structuring very well, Melbourne Uni. They're just chasing the footy. And Schmidt, she takes her 12 paces back. This looks very set up. Gets very close to the player on the mark, but launches it nicely towards goal, away to the right. Hit it nicely. Absolutely launched it over the net here at Tinelli. That stood no chance, but just the one behind. So the GWS moved to... How quick are they on the scoreboard? I'm going to say 2 2 14. And Melbourne Uni are yet to score. Here on WARFradio.com, we wait for the ball to be brought back into play by that occasion by Nicole Julian. Works it out towards the halfback flank. Now they're going to run it wide towards the city wing. It's long. The fridge is coming at them, but the fridge couldn't get there in time. And Millie Sean takes the mark and she runs off from centre wing. Almost near the glue pot. Now she kicks it towards centre half forward. Came off hands. Ball hit the deck. Waiting for it to come out to her as Muller. Umpires blown the whistle. Said too high. Free kick. Going the way of Melbourne University. Is she going to go kicking out of the mud? Victim of the slipping and sliding, I think, that uh, free kick. <laughs> Let's watch the standing leg. Yeah. One step. And it's an absolute barrel off the side of the boot. <laughs> Jess Delpos comes through here. She would have played many a games here for Dabbing against Melbourne Uni. Flying through the air with no worry about her safety. Alicia Eva got it across to... Zarika, who went towards centre half forward, looking for Stevenson, who almost got ran over in heavy traffic. Thomas comes through for Melbourne University, can't get the football out. Umpire blows the whistle and will call for a ball up. Feel like this is going to be the trend of the day. Sun's out, gentlemen. Barely. As the ball is hit down by Jess Allen. Still cold. Kira Price tried to get it out there. Still sweating from that jog. <laughs> As. <laughs> Good for you. Wait just quietly. Picked up a couple of stubbies too on the way back. <laughs> Always a win. As the ball hits the ground by Allen, trying to jump in there is Jess Alpos. Can't get it out. Of course, Dan's been missing for most of the season so far for us on WAF Radio. Came down with a terrible, terrible condition known as married life. We wish you a healthy and speedy recovery. Have you seen the early start uh, of the flu season? It's coming across his forward. Can't get it out. Trying to go in there is Kira Price. She immediately wraps things up. The umpire calls for a ball up. Jody Hicks on the bottom of that pack. It is round seven, Pete. And I'll be in Bendigo next week, so you hold fire, son. <laughs> Q in Bendigo? Yeah. Ball toss back up, half forward. Don't question the commitment until after the fact. Is that what married life does to you? <laughs> we want to get away. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be right half forward again. GWS in, in attack. Alan, she's played really well so far, especially in the wet. The, your ruck's become worth so much more. Del Poss, hands and knees, she couldn't scratch it out of there. Jody Hicks also in there. Bit of mud on a few of these players. It doesn't go too well on the orange. There's a reason that Melbourne Uni wear black and blue. <laughs> it looks good with the mud. Towards full forward, Louise Stevenson edged her opponent out. And then a kick off the ground for GWS. Had a couple over the back. Who was it down there? Might be Schmidt back there. No, it couldn't be, surely. Just wait for the number. Come on, turn around for me. Don't tie your shoelaces. Don't do that. The ball just got to the back of the pack. And, of course, you're allowed to do that this season, Pete. You're allowed to use your hands to hold your position. That was a good rule change, wasn't it? Hello, Kevin Bartlett. Uh, it looks like I see a four. That might be Zarika. Yes. Or was it Parker? No, it's Hanine's. There's two numbers, so it's got to be Hanine Zarika. That's a good name for a footballer as well. Got some good names today, Pete. I always say that that's what the great thing about women's footy. They've always got better names. Too many conservative Joshes and... Gar- what, what have they got at... Um, 
What have we got at St Kilda? We've got about 10 jacks. How boring is that? <laughs> and that's why you've got one premiership. As the ball is on the middle of the ground, trying to get out there is Tate Mackerel. She's immediately rolled over by Millie Sean, but she got the ball out to Jess Delpos. Delpos put it inside 50. Umpire says, that's a shove. And it's a free kick under her name, Zarika, who got on the left boot, looking for Lou Stevenson in a one-on-one ball, bouncing away from her. Will go over the boundary line and out of play. Match analyst today, he barely gets a word in, Matthew Cox. Yeah, I'm quite happy with that. Um... You can see the class coming to the fore at the moment from GWS. They've got more AFLW players playing today, and that's coming to the fore. They're just uh, cleaner in these scrappy conditions. So Mackerel will be at the front for this. Allen, though, couldn't win it down. It gets over the back. Well, that should be a free kick. Good umpiring. It'll be a free kick to Melbourne Uni, held without it at halfback. And that'll be Angelus. She loads it up. There's only one way to play here at Tin Alley. Down the guts, why not? Turned it over, though, only as far as Whiteley. She's on the left side of the square, defensive side of wing. Loads it up, kick towards Zarika. She's called out of it. Good mark taken in front there by... Yes, hello, good sir. Up towards half forward. On the ground. Plenty of numbers back here for Uni. Good hands from Zarika. Very slick hands from GWS. And then towards full forward from Mackerel. It's just one away momentarily there by Moore. And then kicked across the face of goal in absolute panic and just out of bounds on the full. You're freaky against Uni. Zarika will have it left forward pocket. She doesn't really know about it yet, but it will be her kick. Left footer. Impossible from there, Pete. So she'll try and square it up, you would suggest, towards the top of the goal square. She says, present, present to me. And a little too low and a little too flat with a kick. An easy intercept for Melbourne University. Calling for it now as McDonald goes in her direction, went over her head. Alicia Eva waiting for it at the back from a Melbourne University footballer. Put it on the left boot. Looking for Gisu to run onto it. Number Gisu with the football. Gets on the right boot, squares it up towards the hot spot. Almost dropping into the hole there. One of the Giants players just hits the ground hard. That was pretty smart. She saw the umpire, so she thought, stuff it. The umpire's standing at centre-half hold. I'll just kick it at the umpire. There'll be space. There was Louise Stevenson on the bottom of the deck of uh, several players. Ingrid Nielsen wins it. And in goes Lucy Walsh. Umpire says, you took him on, holding the football. Free kick. That's harsh. And she'll get up and has to give the football away. And there'll be a shot and goal for the Giants from about 35 metres out directly in front but for Brick Perry. Thought it was uh, they could have had a little more leniency given the conditions out there. I think it's a class factor too in footy. I think if you're on top, you tend to get the rub of the green. But it's been consistent so far. And if you're a Selwood, you always get it for too high. As Brick Perry kicks away towards the right, and that's a minus score. GWS 3-3-21. Melbourne University, no score. Three and a half minutes remaining in the opening term. Did you like the attire I went with today, Pete? The Canterbury rugby jumper for Melbourne Uni? Did you like that? I did not know that. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't heckled me about it yet. Another, her- another turnover. GWS, they'll look to go towards full forward. Got numbers over the back. Yisu was just knocked out of it. Zarika, she's been prolific. Lots of numbers around around it for uni. They were wearing white shorts to start this game. Now there's a few in a shade of brown. Lots of players at half-forward umpire surely will call for it. It's, it is a literal rugby scrum. Throw a blanket over 30 uh, players. I was, I was looking at the top thinking, did you lose yourself in a Salvo's bin? <laughs> oh, yeah, there it is. He's back. <laughs> Thank God. Ball tossed up. Guess who's got it? And she's laying on top of a few. Stacks on the mill, quite literally. Another bounce, 25 out from attacking goal. And it looks like GWS quite happy to just bottle it up inside their 50. Umpire throws the ball in the air. Louise Stevenson wins the tap. Jessica Delpos tried to put a boot to ball, but uh, Ali just hit the very tip of the boot and went straight into the ground and everyone jumped on it. 
And the umpire will ask for the football back and will go again. It's about the fifth ball up. Again, Stevenson wins the tap. Melbourne Uni will try and clear it out, trying to Good find mark. McDonald, but they couldn't get to it low. Cassim takes it instead. She load up from there. Cassim. 50 metres out, looks to go for the pass. A little bit too much juice on the kick. And waiting back there is Kira Price. Two prices in the side today. Double the price, it gets expensive. As it goes towards the middle of the ground, was trying to find an intended target there in Angelus. She dropped the with, footy and then it stacks on. Two for the price of one there. Oh, I like that. I like that. Why haven't I used that this year? As the ball... Oh. Thanks, Coxie. As Delpos got it out quickly. Stevenson now in the pocket. Oh, love it to our board pocket. Hand pass. Oh, Stevenson chased after the ball, but she should have hung back. Now she gets it on the left boot. Kicked away. And then Gisu probably should have let it go. Went to market instead. And then out to Zarika. On the right. Zarika on the right tries to square it up. Lyle Cassim's coming in there as well. Bounced off the chest. Had to go back and try and get it again. Everyone's jumping on top of the football, the top of the goal square, and will call for a ball up. A minute and a half remaining in the opening term. 21 point lead to the Giants. So again, tossed up. In the pocket, Allen comes from deep, and it'll be a free to her because she was blocked out. I don't know about that. It was sort of one of those awkward plays where she dominated from deep. Probably a smart play, really. And then her direct opponent was standing underneath the ball. Apparently, you're not allowed to do that. And it'll be a free kick to Allen. It's been very good so far. She's good approach. She comes in with plenty of momentum. Oh, the goal did plenty of work. They're celebrating. Why not? And it's there. Some momentum on the approach. I haven't seen that for a long time. You're flying in. <laughs> Went in doubt. So 4 3 GWS will have very, very little time remaining in, in the first term. Probably under 20 seconds by the time it's thrown up, Coxie. Well, they've got to get the ball back from the top of the bus. Uh, that's where it <laughs> landed. That is a good tactic to, to, to bring the bus and, from and, GWS. And just quietly, the first time I've been at Melbourne Uni with the new scoreboard. Uh, Sexy-looking la- scoreboard. At the, the last time we were here, the, uh, the old... The old one that used to be wheeled out uh, was zero zero for the whole game. Umpire with the ball back in the middle That's of the ground. Someone knocked the power out, Pete. GWS lead by 27 points, and they've already parked the bus as the umpire will get ready to throw the football up in the air. Blows his whistle and signals blood rule. <laughs> That'll be the end, <laughs> of, the <laughs> That'll the end of the quarter. <laughs> That's classic. Why do you wait so long? Uh, that's a classic there from the umpire and the player just looking at a leg going come on are you serious Kira Price she started to run off to and then <laughs> yeah, went oh okay. screw that <laughs> yes so quarter time GWS Giants 4-3-27 Melbourne University no score marbles none here in our commentary box they've well and truly been lost uh, rattled I think would be the way of uh... <sighs> For those that have just joined us before we just quickly go into things, just to apologise again, we don't have... You saw a video earlier, that's just the webcam of our laptop, and you saw our three ugly heads during the pre-game show and the coaches, but um, we don't actually have the correct cable to plug into the camera. It had been a you-know-what through the whole week to try and find out what was going on. No, 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 nothing to do with the cameraman. He showed up and did his job. It was just a case of the people organising it and changing them and trying to get phone calls back. We just don't have that camera. <laughs> We've got an audio stream for you again for the third time in a row. Matthew Cox, that's my piece. Now can you talk about the game? Some of the better players there for that first well, term. Before that, I'll go through the goal kickers for you, uh, Pete, which are all on the GWS side of the equation. Schmidt, Stevenson, Allen and Zarika have kicked the four goals so far for the Giants, who are 4 27 Melbourne University yet to score. They've gone forward once, I think, inside 50 
Um, and beyond that, have really struggled. They've been snookered down in the defensive area of the ground, and it it's coming to the fore that they don't have their, I suppose, their A-list talent uh, on the park today. It's a very different-looking Melbourne University side. They're promoting a lot of players today to give them a, a trial run and a test, which you can see they're panicked with ball in hand. They're not using it cleanly. On the other side of the equation, GWS are looking to move it as quickly as possible, applying a lot of pressure and that's why they've got seven scoring shots on the board to, to zero. We'll take this opportunity to take a break at quarter time on WARF Radio and Facebook Live. This is the VFLW Invitational Match. Premiership coach Paul Roos talks teamwork, leadership and creating a winning culture. One of the smartest minds in football talks about his life and the lessons he's learned on the next Reclick Sporting Chance Night. If you're in sport or business, come and learn from one of the best. It's on Wednesday, August 14 at the Hoppers Club. Pelham Drive, Hoppers Crossing. Tickets just $25, but bookings are a must. Call 94196672 and join Paul Roos. Recklink, including the unincluded. The smell of baking. Routley's Bakery is so good. Why not grab a Routley's slice to go with your coffee? Make it a classic apple slice, a bee sting, or a vanilla slice. That's absolute custard heaven. You can make a move on a muffin or go all the way and bite into a wicked Nutella donut. Routley's Bakery's right across Geelong, as well as Eltona, Newport, Williamstown, and Ascot Vale. Fancy a Routley's pie? Of course you do. Your club, Craigie Byrne Sporting Club. The Sporty is now your prime function venue. The breathtaking new function room is now open. Already it's hosted wedding receptions, engagement parties, christenings, birthdays and seminars. Up to 300 guests. And the reviews have been awesome. Why not make an appointment with the Sporty Function team to plan your special occasion? Craigie Byrne's best functions are now happening at the Sporty. Craigie Byrne Sporting Club. Find out more at craigiebyrnesc.com.au. Verdict. We're going to have Sydney and Melbourne clashing next spring. Increasingly so, aren't we? How much can Greg Nichols control this in his new job? We can't. We had that conversation. I don't know. The Patton Committee, I think, needs to sort it out. But again, I think it's all down to the voting. So this is a quandary where the bigger states can overrule the smaller states. The Verdict, 9 till 10 Monday mornings. Part of Monday's Racing Pulse on RSN 927 for OTI Racing, where sport and lifestyle collide. Find out more at oti.com. Or SN Carnival 2. Indeed, it is the VFL Women's Match of the Day on WARFradio.com. Also via the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash radio.com. I'm getting a massage at the moment. This is not on webcam, by the way, Dan, so it doesn't... No, it isn't. That's on preview. That's why it doesn't look good. Thank you very much. Uh, don't you love you that? You still need it anyway. Visual, visual comedy when we don't have the webcam. You still webcam need it anyway. No, no it's what, actually what, what, it's what, for your own stress relief. What, what with everything that's gone on today. <laughs> the poor... I, I feel sorry for the GWS fans. We've been promising them a video feed. We gave it to them in the first game against Williamstown, though some audio issues in the first half. We the cable wasn't right with the adapter at Richmond, and now we don't have the cable here this week. I like, like now as, as impractical as we are. I like the practicalities of uh, what we've got here at Tin Alley. It's a beautiful arena. This is Pete. We've got the white picket fence. Yep. Love it. We've got the yep. turf that hasn't been relayed since the seventies. Love yep. it. Looks yep. like Waverley. 
Yep. And because the lines are fading on the ground, they've actually gone with the cones at the interchange gate. Yes. Yeah. So you so you can see where you're running when you run and, off. And I've heard just a little quiet rumour pre-game that uh, the GWS uh, staff were not particularly happy with the state of the ground. They were sulking a little bit. I'll give it a rinse, will you? And I think a few North Melbourne GWS were just going, yeah, but what about the Dremoyne Oval you served up for us? This was a TBC game. I suspected Arden Street, but obviously that didn't quite work out. Yes. Well, yeah, it, it, that's, that's a very interesting thought. And one thought I uh, was thinking about during the win, but I thought it's too late to change the game. Wouldn't it have been great if they had this game as a curtain raiser to the Rec Link Cup that's actually being played this afternoon, the Community Cup out of Vic Park, where they're going to have 10,000 people? That yeah, there's a thought. To get us underway for the second term, here's Daniel Hill. It's something to do with public liability. Back up in the centre. She's done well again there, Alan. Delpos. Oh, this is just champagne now from GWS. It's a training drill towards half forward. Kicking towards the right of your radio dial. Little hands off there to Kasim. She gets it into the forward pocket. It's a little drier at that right-hand end. And now a big pack forms around it. The umpire says you didn't make an attempt. It'll be a free kick to GWS. Been consistent in that so far. Harsh but consistent. Free kick to Beck Privatelli. She says, oh, top of the square will do me. Now a quick snap around the body is a goal, and there's a bit of mud on the back. Is that Faruja down there for GWS? Help us out, Coxie. Number 19, I think. Brick Perry. Perry? I was, I was in the ballpark with the numbers. Perry, number 19. She gets the goal. And GWS 5-3-33. Well, only played a minute. Second term. She's all but over. And GWS, let's see what they made of. See if they can put up the ton. Player that just got the ball on the half-forward flank went missing in that uh, first term. Uh, Beck Privatelli wasn't playing forward. She played the last couple of invitational games forward for GWS and was quite dominant. Is this like the old under under twelves? Just don't swap ends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just keeping there. Everyone gets yeah, a kick. Either that or stuck in the mud. Umpire throws the ball up in the air. It's true and hasn't been able to move. Coming away with it on that occasion is Vivian Sard. Trying to go towards centre half forward. A few players got shoved off the football. Crash the bodies. Umpire's coming and blowing tackle. the tackle. And said, uh, yep, that's holding the football player down behind players. Well, yeah. something must have happened there. For the muggers. And... Whitford now with the football, yeah, kicks it in towards 50, trying to jump too early there, Kira Pines. Umpire says, too high. It could have been in the back, but he signaled too high, according to his hands. And it will be a free kick going the way there of Muller. So Muller now on the right boot. One step has a crack at it, 45 metres out. Jumping too early, Ingrid Nielsen. Ball hit the ground. They're trying to find clear possession. Melbourne Union, a snap on goal. They can't as Mackerel comes away with it. Fed off the hand pass. Now the kick towards the halfback flank. Only going to be intercepted here. Oh, no. Hare almost ran in the wrong direction. Oh, good umpire. And the umpire pulled her up and said, uh, wrong way. Yeah. Oh, you are allowed to. You do have to take a kick from behind the mark. I thought that was a good call. Yes. Hare now going back. It's a a silly rule, but that was correct. Walsh runs on, puts it on the right boots. Well, it hit Parker, who came out like a leading forward to take it. And she'll clear the ball out towards the centre wing on the outer side of the ground. Foot race is going to be on here. Privatelli trying to chase after the footy. Beaten out to it by Hay. Now Privatelli get, now Hay swings around, goes towards the centre-half forward position. Only be sent back again by Eva, who feeds out the hand pass. Get across to Parker. Parker, lovely work, hitting Amy Schmidt out there on centre wing. Schmidt, one of those wearing the long sleeves today, kicks to another fellow long sleever in Kasim. She's near, near the glue pot, decides to turn away from that, now goes in after it. And she's underneath a pack. 
And there'll be a ball up left half forward for GWS. So I'll tell you what, um, they're giving out the votes in the BNF today. Jess Allen, um, she, she would have been absolutely up there for the full votes, but she just fell over on her back in the glue pot, so now we can't see her number. So that might um, that might really hurt her chances. <laughs> it was one of those lovely leaps in the ruck, and you think, geez, I've sawn here, and she's got her legs taken out and went whack. That's lovely on a cold day. Ball's been worked to the wing, thrown out here by Melbourne Uni and turned over by Alice Parker. She gets it up towards half order. Big clash of players. Uni at the deck have got most of the numbers. Hare's back there working overtime. Ball pinballing around. Quick kick came from, it might have been Saad. She gets it into the centre. Here we go, in the mud. This will be fun. Just dribbles its way in. GWS try and keep it out. Melbourne Uni want to go in for the fight. Little hands over the top. Up towards half forward now. Good mark coming out. Jody Hicks. Seems like she's brought her own footy today, Jody, and, and no opponent, it would appear. Goes to the low driver. Oh, lovely Mark Zarika. It was a uh, shank off the boot from Hicks, and Zarika, alert to the task, turned around, took the mark, 25 out, 45 degree angle. Loads it up, decides to go to the square ball, and it's a good one. Oh, couldn't take the mark. It's turned over. I think it was Piv- Privatelli down there again. Just had it in the hands for a moment, not paid. Now it's thrown out. The umpire's seen that. Who will get the free kick? It'll go the way of Uni. And I think back there it might be Runnels with the footy. And she switches towards the halfback flank on the city side of the ground, only for it to be intercepted. Giants with an opportunity again. 55 metres out from goal. They decide to switch it up, finding Alicia Eva. Eva with the footy. Did the running work for the Giants in the first game. Put on the boots for second game. Was injured at Richmond, but great to see her back again. Now finds Amy Schmidt, who marked it in front of Walsh. Schmidt is up against the boundary line. Thought about running around for the snap. Umpire comes in to reset the mark for Walsh. Oh, Stevens had acres of space then too. Schmidt lining up for goal right in front of the scoreboard. Up against the boundary. Right at the top of the square, Stevenson flies through the air, comes off hands on the pack, and will go through for a minus score. GWS 5-4-34, Melbourne Uni no score. Here's Matthew Cox. They're just too smart today, GWS. The Stevenson classic example there, found herself in 30 metres of space directly in front of goal. How you would allow that? Uh, injury issue too for Melbourne University. McDonald's come from the ground with an arm issue. Be a free kick from the kick out to Tate Mackerel. She's going to have it 45 out, 45 degree angle. Wants to go and square it up, does. A little too much on the kick. Uni have the numbers at half back and they'll earn a free kick and look to come to the broadcast side. Why not? Haven't tried this side just yet. Going for a sneaky one-hander there was Roan. And the ball's underneath the pack. Umpire circling. Oh, thought about it. No, we'll ball it up this time. So right half four, GWS still in attack. They lead by 34 points, 34 plays zip. We've played seven minutes in the second term. Umpire throws the ball in the air, brought down by Allen. Going into lay attack on the player without the ball then from Melbourne University. Thought uh, That was the old school, Pete. Oh, yeah. she was over it. Yep. Yeah. Well, the umpire... <laughs> Remember they used to say that at primary oh, school? Oh, yeah, they're over it. Oh, they're over it. They're over it, yeah. <laughs> it was never a rule, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> This is an excuse to bury someone in primary school. <laughs> Pretty much. In goes uh, Can't get it. Umpire says throwing the football. Advantage is going to be paid. Taken away there by Jess Delpos. Goes to the hot spot. 30 metres out from goal. Here's an opportunity as the player gets bowled over. Gets who running. And the umpire says it's gone over the boundary line and out of bounds next to the left-hand point post. Gisoo just couldn't quite get there in time. And we'll have a throw in. 5-4-34 GWS. Melbourne Uni no score. Seven minutes gone in this 
second term here on WARFradio.com as the ball is thrown back into play. In goes Gisu. Couldn't quite get it out. She was the rover. Iber in there as well. Picked off by Millie Shon by Melbourne University. Fell out to a teammate. Her kick was immediately smothered by Jess Delpas. Mackerel goes back there. Tries to shrug the tackle. Still manages to keep her feet. Got a little toe poker on it. Went nowhere though. Sean comes in to lay the tackle one more time. Ingrid Nilsson feeds off the hand pass. Player tried to kick the football then. I thought she just got stuck in the mud as she tried to kick it. And therefore, when it got all trapped in there, the umpires come in and said, I'll take the footy back and I'll ball it up. No ball ups today. We'll be thrown up. There's no doubt about that. It's very, very wet out there today. Lots of surface moisture. Coxie had the penetrometer. Out there, and it's definitely it. it's a heavy night. <laughs> so Tony Gregg's keys, <laughs> I lost it in a crack. Now GW West <laughs> towards full forward, they worked it into the pocket, and they come up with a goal. Beck Privatelli, she's doing her best work with the orange headband down there. She kicks a sausage roll. That's probably my only criticism of women's footy from a fashion sense so far, Coxie. I've really loved the work with the shorts and. All the um, female-friendly work they've done, but there is not enough high sock wearers. No, Beck Privatelli no. used to be one, and no. she's even discarded that. The, that's my number one. That's my only criticism. The only one I've seen recently was Shani Layton last week at the long socks, long sleeves. Oh yeah, no, see, see netball, real sort of um, discipline type. And I tell you what, uh, Melbourne B always on velcroed on straight. <laughs> you know, very disciplined. Melbourne University are lucky that we lost the penetrometer because if it was a hard deck, uh, GWS would have had a better 60-goal margin at this point in time. They are running on top of the field. Daniel Hill bringing out the Tony Gregg earlier. As Tony Gregg used to say, I don't own a grudge because a grudge is somewhere where you park your car. As uh, going in there as Lyle Cassum. Now get immediately caught on this occasion by hair and the umpire comes in and will call for a ball up. As Jesus, this is an interesting book. Spell after that. Oh, I need to still knocks on a lie down after that. <laughs> Sad goes in there. Can't get the football out. Hurry kick away there. It was jammed by Ali Brush. Sent back once again by the markers. Only to be intercepted by the fridge. Amanda Ferrugia. Ferrugia. Whoa! Ooh. Goes sliding. Almost face planted. Gets on the right side. Goes straight right down the guts. Works out okay with a kick. Finds Emily Goodsir. Goodsir with the football on the right. Now wants to go inside 50. Looking for Privatelli. At full stretch. Just went over her hands. Out the back here. Waiting for Sard to try and clean up the mess for Melbourne University. Oh, brilliant tackle laid on here by the Giants. The umpire said clearly no prior opportunity. And we'll call for a ball up. Just seeing the player that came speeding in there. I think it might have been Schmidt looking at it from the distance. In goes Stevenson in that ruck contest. Umpire says there's a ruck infringement for too high. And Vivian Saad will take the resulting free kick for Melbourne University. She's in the back pocket in front of the scoreboard. Good news here at Tin Alley. I can see Blue Sky. Little handball out the back was an interesting one from Saad. Obviously gave to a teammate that can launch the footy a little further. GWS zone numbers at the fall of it at their left half forward. Little ball to Zryker. She has bought her own Sharon today. She marks right on the pain of 42 and a half here at Melbourne Uni. Be the max for the arc, I reckon. Loads it up on the left. Gets to the back. Oh. Got to love that. Easy goal for Amy Schmidt. There's a lot of players running under the footy today. It seems that the, the ball is carrying that little bit further than perhaps they would expect. And it's another goal to GWS. 7-4-46. We've played 11 second term. She's kicked two goals today, Amy Schmidt, looking good up forward alongside Stevenson and Privatelli. It's a nice little dynamic they've got going on inside 50. And the mug is yet to score, I should add. 
Running off the boundary line just then to have a chat on the interchange bench, Tanya Hetherington. I saw when she arrived this morning, uh, Chickley called her fossil. Has, <laughs> she would look around going, there's no one else here. I said, yeah, I'm looking at you, Tanya. Has, has she really coming relate from, back to memory? Coming from around? the oldest 28-year-old when he was 28 I've ever known. <laughs> i tell you what, we're going to have no friends by the time this broadcast finishes. Uh, we will have earned them all back. The ball is thrown in the air. Yeah, Both it. Walsh <laughs> tries to cut through the middle. There is Brush. Brush goes towards the half-forward flank. Maybe Mackerel had a jumper pulled on that occasion. Umpire disagreed. Danny went after it, and then she immediately hit the ground, but she managed to knock the football forward towards the boundary line. Only to be taken away here by Emily Goodsir. Wanted to kick inside 50. It would be intercepted, and the Muggers will come out of defence. Oh, good bump! Excellent bump by Mackerel. I think it was Sather was going for the kick, and uh, pardon me, the player taking the kick was Daniak, and Mackerel's bump forced the kick to go out of bounds on the full. So that means the resulting free kick will be taken by Ali Brush. Stabs at it. Oh. Mackerel cops one clearly in the back. Oh, that's a dive. She hadn't got the last two or three, so she said, oh, well. No, I better no, no, accentuate no. it. If she went any further, she would have been in the Melbourne Cemetery. <laughs> What's well, only over the back? <laughs> uh, she kicks the ball inside 50. Now trying to find an intended target at 45 metres out from goal. Couldn't get Schmidt. Hand pass came out of the heavy traffic there was originally by Whiteley. Going in to try and lay a tackle there as well was Rowan. And guess what? Half a dozen jump on the football resembling a rugby mall. And the umpire will ask for the footy back. Half a dozen? Probably more. Go, what are your maths like? There's about 30 players around this footy. Yeah, but half a dozen were on the ball. Oh, 26. As uh, taking away Vivian Saab with the resulting free kick. Another glowing reference for the public school system. Now, okay, in there. Oh, dear, oh me, these private school boys. Go say hi to Gil at the polo. As going in there is Lyle Casham. Ball spilled out, and the umpire says holding the football, in fact. Free kick going the way of the Giants. The umpire says, I want to reset the mark, and we'll do it all over again. Again. Uh, Richard Miles, John Grammer's favourite son, says hello, Pete. Uh, thank you very much. I went to Broadmeadows High School on the principal's door. It said, please knock before break and enter. As here is the right <laughs> kick. Logged towards the scoreboard. One bounce going very close towards the boundary line. Won't go over. Jumping on top of the pill there is Rowan. And the umpire still will allow it to go on. Close against oh, the boundary chancy. line. Had to duck the head there, Brush. Got a kick away looking for Smith, who takes oh, it. Did it go 15, measuring the umpire tape. said. Isn't it only 10 in women's footy, though, Pete? Well, depending with VWFL rules, AFLW rules, whatever we're playing here. I think it's 10. I think it's 10. Well, isn't it? It all filters down. Even, no, well, no, because we play 18 aside in VFLW and they play 16 true. aside in AFLW. That's true. Well, either way, it went 8.9, so yeah. don't worry about it. Uh, coming in, Amy Schmidt. <laughs> Kick on goal. Has got it. She That's puts it through. GWS 8-4-52, Melbourne University. No score, um, Matthew Cox. That was her third goal. Yeah, is this is, is this from a skills perspective? Like it's wet, it's terrible. Is this like even Zerika? The way she kicks on her left foot, it looks awkward. She looks like she's probably a late comer to the game. I'm probably I could be wrong. I don't want to be wrong there, but her right foot's awesome for a left footer. Like their skills, they must be just be going skill, skill, skill at GWS. Yeah, well, and you, and you can see the ones that have had that AFLW coaching and development. A lot of these Melbourne Uni players are names that we haven't seen before. The Vaffers. Yep. So. There's there's a complete class difference. difference that's the way, mm. like there is in the commentary box. Ball tossed back up in the middle. No, we don't talk about that. Politics of envy. We're all on a level playing field. Hi, yeah. elbow. Not out there. Nielsen. She goes up in the ruck. That's been a, a little move from GWS. And <laughs> just that was a that was a over the top hug. That's a double over the shoulder. 
Free kick to Melbourne Uni, who have got on top in the ruck in the last few contests. We've themselves a few free kicks. Up towards full forward was Danny Eck. Oh, and a lovely little intercept. Chance here for Houghton. Well, that's the wrong side, Daniel. <laughs> Melbourne Uni up towards full forward and shoveled back in Wayne Harmstall. Maybe should have taken it over the line, Tancred. GWS do have numbers back there trying to shovel it out. There might be Whiteley. Now they get it clear. A little bit of pushing in the back. Umpire waves play on. Why not? Numbers at half back. Gisu gets it out towards Kassam. It'll be a free kick downfield and 50 because you're not allowed to throw them after they've... You're not allowed to stop their run. So Kassam will take it and she'll take 50 and we know this will be 75, Pete, because that's been the order of the day. And she gets the hand pass off to Gisu who goes for a run. No, which you're allowed play to do. On. And Gisu now bombs it long to an empty goal square. Pravatelli! Lovely mark. And oh, great body work there. and positioning. And you'll be lining up for goal from about 15 metres out directly in front. That's the first time, Coxie, I've seen someone use the new 50 thing to their advantage. Yeah, you're allowed to play on The umpire put his whistle to his mouth. Oh, oh, and then he went, oh, that's a new rule. Don't blow the whistle. Well, I, I thought, what the hell were they doing? And But, um, no, clearly aware of what you can and can't and do. she's missed to the right-hand side of minus score, 8-5-53, Melbourne University. Uh, no score. I'll tell you what, it was it's a good, a, good kick from Gissu inside 52. There was a member of that thing on Twitter, hashtag six-word horror story. Uh, my uh, thing was the Australian Football League Rules Committee. It's my six-word horror story. Is that, is that KB? Is that, your, is that your gripe against KB? I think you two need to have a sat, sit down and have a chat at the Burvale. I need to dissolve the Rules Committee. Are they still going? Yes. As it comes in board, looking for Stevenson. Is this joke still going? Uh, as the hurricane beat, oh, I thought the rules... Smith is away to okay. the right. Okay, help me out. School. Let's go back. Let's just digress. GWS, Melbourne Uni, no score. What was the thing where they said that, um, you know, it should be 18 aside and that's the football? Like, they, they enshrined, like, the, oh, that the was... spirit of football. That was KB. What was that called? That, that was years ago. But what was that called? That was the also called the... He was part of the rules committee. As uh, try to kick it away there is take mackerel. Eva, hand pass backwards. One step oh. shot on goal. Oh. How does this look for the Giants? Touch, it looks no. pretty good. We'll mark that one down. I think it might have been Jess Allen. I think trying to spot who it was out there who kicked that goal for the Giants. Was it Nielsen? No, it doesn't look like it's got the height. Or was it? It might be Horton. There you are, nine six sixty. She's got to. She's, she's run to the back line. She's just got to turn the, 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 around and give us the number. Nine six sixty. The Giants, Melbourne University, no score. The the difference is, of course, that we should point out is in the VFLW they've got the numbers on the front of the jumper as well, which we can see, um, but they don't have them when the Giants jumps because they're wearing the AFLW jumpers. They don't have the number on the front. And they have the small white number as well. Yeah, it's Horton. Bingo. Nice wine, Pete. Drop classic dry white. Ten bucks at your local. Can recommend. Goes all right in the risotto too. Could teach you how to cook that after the game as well. All how long do I put it in the microwave for? <laughs> yes. <laughs> do we have another sound effect that is the symbol? <laughs> we, need, we need to yes. get that. Yes, yes we do. Yes, <laughs> we do. <laughs> Can we get some positive stuff? <laughs> Never. Now, GWS in the meantime have got the ball inside. They're attacking 50 yet again. They lead this one by 10 straight goals. Uh, you could write your own ticket for Melbourne Uni at the moment, but they are trying hard, especially defensively. And of, is six six six, I assume they can't chuck one back or anything. That's correct. And five in the and half. And five in the half with two in the defensive fifty. Yeah, very good. I was at a ground the other day, and I saw the line across the middle. I said, "What's that for?" Geez, Daniel, you've called women's footy for long enough. You should know exactly what that's for. They played a women's game yesterday. 
It was spray painted too. The poor bloke that would have had to do that. They obviously they did the you know the lines probably stayed for two or three weeks, and they had didn't have the middle lines. So they had to get the white spray paint out. It was a wonky line. <laughs> Ball tossed up half forward, thirty meters out from GWS goal. One point circling, thinking about it. Now it comes clear. Little hack off the ground, sliding in. Is that a mark in the top of the goal square? It's be paid. Is it Privatelli again? It is. Gee, that was. It was one of those ones she knew where her opponent was on her left hip and she sort of had to slide and mark it on her right quad and with her right arm in a very, very small window and she managed to do exactly that as she was sliding to the ground. She goes back and kicks the goal. There is no better time to kick goals when you're 10 up. It just shows you what the pressure does. <laughs> to the, to the, there, is, it's, there is no... It's like Collingwood. And Collingwood always kick... Or West Coast the other night when they kicked 11-20 or whatever it was. Mm. When you're going well and you're beating sides by 10 goals, you tend to kick 20... 11, but that's it's always good to see that on display. 10-6-66, that'll be it for the first half. And Melbourne Uni yet to score. And I love the work from the boundary umpires to really hustle it back to the middle, <laughs> even though it was never going to get there. Well, you Coxie, can, your you, thoughts? You can forgive them because they were a bit bogged down. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Pete's off to the rooms for a drink at halftime. He's going to reset you. What He's gonna, I wish I could. I've got to go to work after this. Oh, you poor, poor All right, I'll, I'll have one for you then. Say hello to me at Flinders Street Station. Look for the orange booth. <laughs> and I'm not joking either. At 10666 GWS, Melbourne University, no score as we now hit our halftime break. Let's go through some of the goal kickers before the better players. Matthew Cox. Amy Schmidt's kicked three goals. Uh, Beck Privatelli has kicked two singles to Perry, Horton, Allen and Zarika. Our, our goal scorers all on the GWS side of the equation. I think Melbourne Uni got it in... Probably four or five times inside 50 in the half. Um, they're just... They're struggling. It's a superior outfit, GWS, today. We've said it a couple of times already, but the class is standing out. The, the superior skill and decision-making. Melbourne Uni are a little more the old school, if you like, from the old VWFL days of following the footy around rather than spreading and creating structure. They've done well on a couple of occasions, um, but unfortunately, just lacked that bit of quality out on the park today. Looking through some of those better players, Alicia Eva's been getting a bit of the football. It's interesting to see Parker, who played more towards the forward half of the first two games of this Invitational Series. She's playing on more around the half-back flank. Uh, Jess Delpost picked up the handful of possessions. Uh, we go through Ali Brush has really popped up in that uh, second quarter. Uh, Amy Schmidt has been dangerous. So has Louise Stevenson. Uh, of course, you're a big fan of Louise Stevenson. Dan Hill being down on the forward line. Uh, we look through Amanda Farucci is more staying around around the half-back. Uh, Lael Kasselman's trying to get them some run through the middle along with Delma Gisu. And that's, and that's great. If those two can try and uh, team up together, Kasselman and Gisu, you've got two runners there for GWS who can be exciting for them through the midfield. And they're doing that today on a, a surface that probably doesn't lend itself to, to run and carry today, those two players. So they're doing incredibly well. And I just want to make comment again about Schmidt, Stevenson and Privatelli inside 50. Yeah. Not only are they either taking marks or kicking goals, but they're having an influ- influence around the contest as well, which is what you'd want from your key target. Up forward. And we know that the GWS Giants had to delist a number of players because it's compulsory. Each club has to delist players. Unlucky to get delisted was Tate Mackerel. I just string in every game we see her, she keeps getting better and better and better. We've got to remember, she's what, 20 years old? Yeah, if, if that. If that, I she think. still might be 19. Is it Box Hill X, Tate Mackerel? No, no, no she's originally Essendon. from South. Yeah, she was Essendon last year, uh, originally out of South Australia. Who's the Mackerel that plays for? 
Fox, isn't there a macro that plays for No, Fox no, she, no. We caught her in the Essendon Hawthorne game. She played for Essendon. Oh, she was playing for Essendon. Yes. Ah, oh, there you go. Yeah, so she's one of those. She's one of those players as well that um, I reckon you can half forward flank her, and you can also put her on the inside if it's mm. a little bit wet. I know it's a bit of a it's a bit of a negative. The the absolute season difference between AFLW and and VFLW. I mean, we're here on a cold, terrible day, and in February you might be playing at just thirty five in Brisbane and Human. Mm, mm. Um, probably won't last forever. I don't know what they're going to do with the season, but yeah. she's one of those players that's definitely suited to the wetter conditions because she's got good hands as well. Like, mm. I, I love the swan dive for the free kick as well. Although Pete railed against that, but that's yeah. just smart footy. Like, she's just yeah. she's a footballer. No, like, that's, I didn't rail against it. I, reckon, I, I said she got shoved in the back she she of the cemetery. Yeah, but then you know, threw the arms up as well. well. <laughs> You got to do that to get your free well, kick. Well, she was at Essen in the Matthew hey, Lloyd school from, of this is coming from, yeah, well, and this is coming from the greatest stager of all time. You're looking at him right here. Yeah. <laughs> it takes one to you know one. You're in the rugby top after all. Takes one to know one. Ten six sixty six. GWS Melbourne Uni no score at half time. We'll be back after this. Another massive week on the breakfast top. It's great to have your company. If you missed any of the good stuff, here's a snippet of what we did. What Alan Richardson has done this year with St Kilda has been nothing short of sensational. And you know how the media works. It seems to be the narrative that if he does. Doesn't make a final win a final, well, but he's gone. It the... seems to be growing, in, and to me, that seems to be coming from internal. And I've been through all that. And you go, hang on, this is just not the media making this up. They're getting some vibes from somewhere. Okay, this is what we're going to jump on. Alex Carey, the vice captain of the Australian cricket team. Marcus Stoinis. So how's he travelling? He's going to have a fitness test. He had a, a light bulb today, and then he'll have a, a better run around tomorrow at the main session. We'll leave that up to the selectors in terms of what happens with Marcus, and hopefully he gets up for that. The big fella joining us again for the days, Max Gone. Three and nine is not a great place to be sitting. And as a leader, I'm pretty embarrassed in the position our club's in at the moment. I'm proud of how the group has faced adversity this year. And once we get one win, I feel like we can potentially get on that roll, but we've just got to jump over that barrier. Taylor Adams is with us. He's a teammate of Jaden Stevenson. Gambling and this sort of thing, can you take us through how clear your understanding is of what's okay and what's not? The rules are black and white for players. Basically, we get told every year about the rules and regulations around gambling and betting on our game in any form and it's prohibited. There's no grey area. No, it's, it's, it's very clear. Luke Park joins us, the Sydney champ. The coach, John Longmire. There's a lot of people talking about John Longmire because of the opportunity perhaps to go back home, so to speak, to North Melbourne because that job is now up for grabs. Has he felt the need to address that with a playing group? No, nah, it's not even discussed. Look, he's in a really good place at the moment. He's pretty excited by the group we've got coming through and what the future looks like. And I think he bought a house in Sydney last year, so I don't know if he'll be moving <laughs> One of the emerging forces at the Western Bulldogs is Josh Dunkley. Do you feel as a team you've underachieved? Yeah, we've underachieved for sure. We've felt like we've been in a lot of games. You know, hopefully going forward we can see some more consistency but the 22 that go out there just need to perform really well for the team. The Breakfast Club, 6 till 8.30 weekdays on RSN 927. Thanks to the tab. Who are you backing? This is what you might have missed on RSN 927's Racing Pulse. Jungle Edge, a marvel, has beaten Malibu star William Thomas. Oh, he's a marvel indeed. Jungle Edge winning again, and it was a great ride by Michael Point. Yeah, I went down and um, worked him the Monday prior to the race. Mick said he doesn't ever do much work with him, and he went out and he was quite lazy. Um, we just went 1,000, home 400, and never asked him too much. He only did what he had to, and when I did give him the squeeze, he did then grab the bit and wanted to do it. Welcome to a special edition of Racing's Open 
Mike, we get to talk to some characters in racing and my special guest today has reached the top in the world of racing and he's also led a very varied life throughout his career as well. And I speak of Robert Heathcote. Rob, great to see you, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, Mike. It's great to join you. And after buffering, buffering, hanging on, he's got it! Buffering got his drip one, he beat Lucky Nine. Uh, Sessions might have got the you third. Think, you'd won it? A, yeah, I did. I did. You, you, look at the, you look at the footage as he went over the line. We went crazy. <laughs> We were pretty happy. <laughs> and then it was like the penny dropped. Yeah. He won three he, on end. He won his next three. Well, in fact, oddly enough, 18 to win a group one. And then he won seven group ones in his next 13 or 14 races. Chris Simons, how are you? Chris? I'm great, Michael. Thanks for having me on. This time of year is when we get the synthetic racing. How do you see them? We need them in Victoria. Are they great? No, they're probably not, but we wouldn't be racing a lot of the time without them. Jim Waters joins us. Jim, appreciate your time this morning. What's your reaction to your state treasurer's uh, statements yesterday, Re, the point of consumption tax? Obviously, we're disappointed that we haven't been successful in having the tax rate reduced back to what we consider necessary at 10% to make South Australian racing competitive in the national landscape of wagering. I'm hoping, Lee Monner said, top hat didn't get too wet and it's all good for day three. My top hat is in a desperate state. Like <laughs> Frank Zatori, who won the big race for Chris Lotion, he was saying you can only recall riding him worse than once, which is when he won the on and able mm. a few years ago. The thing about Crystal Ocean is the thing wasn't a horse in trading over here that Moore deserved to win a group one. He'd been second in the three group ones he contested. So he deserved to win one anyway. But to win in the conditions he faced today on ground, he probably did like. In horrendous rain, he really deserved that one. Racing Pulse, the heartbeat of Victorian racing. Weekdays from 8.30am on RSN 927. When footy's done and dusted, the weekend footy wrap, Monday mornings at 10. It's the round in review from the footy punter's point of view. Andrew Cues and Adam White deliver the weekend footy wrap, Monday mornings at 10, and then on podcast. We go round Victoria for RSN 927's Country Notice Board. It's your statewide heads up on the best racing experiences in all three codes. Andrew Q's whips around Victoria for Country Notice Board. Tuesday mornings at 10 and later on podcast. The verdict. We're going to have Sydney and Melbourne clashing next spring. Increasingly so, aren't we? How much can Greg Nichols control this in his new job? We can't. We had that conversation. I don't know. The Patent Committee, I think, needs to sort it out. But again, I think it's all down to the voting. So this is the quandary where the biggest states can overrule the smaller states. The verdict. 9 till 10 Monday mornings. Part of Monday's Racing Pulse on RSN 927 for OTI Racing, where sport and lifestyle collide. Find out more at oti.com. The 30-Minute Trots Report. One out, one back. All the industry news from around Victoria and the people who make this sport happen. RSN 927 joins Harness Racing Victoria for One Out, One Back. Thursday mornings at 10 and then on podcast. The Country Footy Show with Paul Daffy. And I by 95 points and I should have won by about 135. After each round, all the good stuff about the game around Victoria. A bit of a dogged win in the end because we're a pretty young group and... Everyone probably would have expected the premiers to run over Tolkien, but that one's the case. RSN 927's Country Footy Show with Paul Daffy and Andrew Hughes. There's a fresh podcast up every Monday at rsn.net.au. That's why football is. Or catch the first release early Monday mornings on RSN 927. Analog, digital and streaming. 
48 matches, 10 teams. It's the fight for cricket's holy grail. When it's the World Cup, when it's a big event, they turn up. When it's as big as the World Cup, RSN 927 ramps up the team. And they put in a performance, and boy, have they done that today. Whitey. Our commitment to the World Cup is world class. On the Breakfast Club, on the Late Show, and on Sports Overnight. Former Australian players John Hastings and Cam White will be with us throughout the cup. Pakistan side with their Champions Trophy result in 2017 are yeah. a dangerous team. Embedded with the Aussie team, Vice Captain Alex Carey, a regular guest. G'day, Alex. Yeah, guys. How you going? Following every cup match, cricket writer Adam Collins. The atmosphere was astonishing. They were sitting with the fans down there. And we're proud to roll out the Final Word podcast, direct from England just after 5.30 every morning inside the breakfast bar. Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon wrapping up all the overnight play. Shakib got the man of the match for his bowling was the key just to really squeeze South Africa and derail them through the middle. All the way to the World Cup Final. We're about the game because we love our cricket. RSN 927 conducts competitions almost every day. Every contest is run according to our general competition rules. There are even competitions which have specific terms and conditions. If you would like to read our general competition rules or any special terms and conditions, look for the links on the competitions page at rsn.net.au or ask for a copy during business hours at the RSN 927 reception desk. RSN Carnival 2. VFL Women's Match of the Day on WARFradio.com and via Facebook.com forward slash WARFradio and to the GWS Giants page. Peter Holt, Matthew Cox and Daniel Hill with you at Main Oval Melbourne University. For those that may have just joined us on Facebook and see the graphic and hear a voice and go, what's going on here? We were hoping to bring you the vision today. If you tip issues mean we couldn't, but we do have the audio. If you want uh, some of the highlights of the vision, uh, that'll probably be thrown up on the GWS website through the week, so keep your eyes out on the GWS Giants social media for some of the highlights, and how loud we call anyway. You'll probably be able to pick us up on the camera from a distance through the through the uh, crowd mic, as uh, GWS Giants are already doing their warm-ups at the western end of the ground as we speak. Melbourne University muggers coming out onto the ground. Score at the moment, Melbourne University... Unfortunately, no score. GWS 10-6-66. Coxie, I guess, again, showing the gulf between the signs. We do need to point out for fans of Melbourne University, they're aligned with North Melbourne AFLW, but all the AFLW players rested. Yeah, they're not they're not playing today, despite your team list that uh, you printed out for <laughs> us, uh, Pete. Uh, no, they're, they're not on the park, and so you can't... Even in the terms of the VFLW season and where Melbourne University currently sit, you can't read too much into it just purely because it is completely different that the side making up today. I think, look, looking down, I think Price is a, is a regular. We've seen Hay, Whitford, um, Angelus we've called a couple of times. Saad played last week. Uh, Amelia Young was in the side. Uh, apart from that, fairly... Uh, fairly unfamiliar names uh, when it comes to state league level football so there's again you can't read too much into what the the result is 
Chatting with Nicole Graves yesterday, and I guess we can reiterate the point today, it, it brings up the greater question about where does the VFLW season sit? Uh, we talked about it last week in a rookie's context, but I guess now we have to look at it at a greater list aspect of with the men's, the VFL, the Sandfall, the WAFL essentially run parallel with the AFL men's season. So you don't make the squad, you go down and you play in the state league um, for the uh, AFL listed players. And for those state league listed players in the state league, they're pretty much on the same timeline when it comes to uh, preparing their bodies, etc., uh, for the season, as much as they won't have uh, at Port Melbourne's, Coburg's, Williamstown's, etc., as they won't have the same facilities as the AFL clubs, they're kind of as close as they can possibly be to it. Here today, we are seeing an example of uh, okay, the state league. We're always a bit worried about the depth of the state leagues, anyway, because of AFLW and, and VFLW expanding so quickly. But it shows as well that the sides on different timelines, where a lot of players have been in the system for a few years for the AFLW, but but those that haven't, they've gone through their summer. They're probably now at game 14, 15, 16 mm. in their season when you include the AFLW, where the VFLW players, including practice matches, at best bet might be at their 10th game in the season. So obviously, you know, if you're comparing sides as they go along, who's more seasoned-hardened versus the other as well? And the, the other... The other difference, in this, particularly in these invitational games, and you can reference the Richmond game a couple of weeks ago at the Swinburne Centre, is that there's two different objectives on the park today. GWS are obviously developing for next year in the AFLW system. They're trialling players to hopefully get on their list, whereas the, the Muggers and Richmond back... Uh, was it four or five weeks ago, yeah. they were just testing the versatility of players and the actual depth in their squad. So there's two different agendas running here and the actual you know whether you win at the end of the day doesn't really matter we're just about ready to get underway here for the third quarter at main oval melbourne university affectionately known as chin alley the man who's already had one carlton zero is ready to get underway before he drinks his other here's daniel hill all tossed up center of the ground and it's a lovely little tap there from i think it might have been alan who's back in the ruck oh it's thrown out the back umpire says play on Uni will look to move it forward, but I think it is a bit of stay at that end because Mackerel's back there. She played at that end in the in the forward half in the second quarter, and now she finds herself in the back line. Switch to play, Lou Stevenson. Yes, it is stay at the other end. Yeah, because I see Tanya Everton in centre half forward. What the heck's going on here? And they move it around the outer side. I like it. I like it a lot. So GWS again with the chipping play around the outer wing. It's always been a theme here at Tin Alley. Yes. Go down the outer side. Never come down the broadcast side. And it was a kick up the line. It was in search of Aaron Todd. It was off her hands and over the line throwing. Right on centre wing on the outer side of the ground. We'll go to Pete Holden in the binoculars because it is a long way away here at Tin Alley. It's quite a wide ground. Saad versus Nielsen in this contest as the ball was thrown back into play. Saad wins the tap, brought it to ground immediately. Stacking the head then, Alicia Eva spun around, put on the left boot. Coming out to meet a Privatelli, gave the hand pass off to Perry, put it on the right, dribble it up towards the half-forward flank, getting close towards the boundary line. Walsh takes it, hand pass away, intercepted, Nielsen 
Sends it in the Hetherington direction. She's inside her Ford 50, I should point out. Running onto it, Breck Privatelli. Did she pick it up and snap it in time? Indeed she did. And that's another one for Beck Privatelli. And the GWS Giants go to 11.672. Melbourne University, no score. Two minutes gone third term. Here's Matthew Cox. Well done from Tanya Hetherington there. Knew that she was, wasn't going to be able to get to the footy, so applied the shepherd and allowed... Privatelli to run onto it, fumbled it, but was able to get the kick away in time and score her third for today. Must be struggling a bit with the colours, Coxie. That's a pink headband. It's not an orange <laughs> headband. I always expect the matching. There's not anything in that, Carlton Zero. There's supposed to be no alcohol in there. It's <laughs> all right. It's a placebo effect. <laughs> it's mine over matter. You should know that. That was an old split end song. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> we digress. To see the uh, second half's going as well as the first half. Nielsen in the right there. Poor mud. Surely we've got to get a circle outside of the, the mud. The ball over the top, Delpos. She goes long inside attacking 50. Great mark. Was that Sarah Ford? Pick up who that is down there. Hicks? No, it's Jody Hicks. That was a great mark. She just leant back. Sort of slightly over her head. Just plucked it out of the air. She'll go from 40 Sheesh. out straight in front. Got a bit on it. It'll fall just short. Off hands. Very close to the goal line, and then hustled through by Uni. So 11-8-74, the GWS. That's something they're that quick on the scoreboard. Looking down to the boundary line. Unusual to see Alicia Eva down there without the overcoat and the microphone on for the 7 VFL coverage. Of course, she's got the Giants jumper on today, not the Muggers jumper, which, of course, she represented the Muggers for many years here at Main Oval as Walsh takes it away on the right. Going to be intercepted, sliding in to take it. This is the fridge, Amanda Ferrugia. Ferrugia with the footy. On the right, delivers long in the Hetherington direction. She was in the queue, couldn't stick, and the hands come away. Hay had it momentarily. Knocked it to a teammate who immediately got wrapped up by Hetherington, and that player getting wrapped up was the 46 and Roan. What about the leap from Hetherington there? Geez, you couldn't have slid a $5 bill under her feet there. <laughs> Taking it away there. I like it. Parker trying to get a hurried snap across. Trying to shrug him off there is Todd. Got it over the top. Bang to Allen. She puts it through. It's another for the Giants. They go to 12-7-79. Melbourne University, no score. Four minutes gone in the third term. We have still got 36 minutes of football and those gags remaining. Yeah, great. Really looking forward to it. Um, Alan playing out of the goal square in this term, so they've changed it up in the ruck. Nielsen's doing the majority of it, even when it's inside 52. So, that move, it is a 12-7, so they are quick on the scoreboard. Yeah, they are. Before I said it was 11-8, I apologise, listeners at home. It's all digital, they just go bang, hit the button. For those, so, for those of you with the record at home, with the four-coloured pen and marking it down in order, I've absolutely screwed that up for you, I apologise. <laughs> Ball up in the centre of the ground. Nielsen, she goes back to get it. Has an arm free. <laughs> it looks like some kind of wrestling hold. Umpire says, I'll have it. We'll do it all again in the mud. Throw a blanket over. Only about 12 players, which probably helps Uni, and they do get the clearance here. They've probably split the centre breaks, in fairness. There's been 14 since, of them. Since quarter time. Yeah, they've been, they've been good, although GWS with superior class... Get it towards half forward. Sliding in, Todd. She couldn't mark it. Now has to go in back after it. Sprawling around on the deck. Pack forms around it. We'll have a bounce. That is one of the better-looking helmets I've seen from Walsh for Melbourne Uni out there. It's got the the rugby helmet on with the green trim. Oh, there's a big hit on out wide. You sure it's green? 
It's definitely green. Struggling before. Pink and orange. Come on, Daniel. Oh, that's a big tackle laid on. In these wet conditions, safe, said the umpire. Makes me, call for it. Makes me miss the pink-coloured helmet of Heather Anderson, of course, uh, did yes. a shoulder. She, she was a good footballer, and it helped the commentators with that helmet. And of course, it helped her mother, who had low vision. That's why she wore the yes. pink helmet, so yep. she could be easily seen. Hand pass off, off the side of the boot here for Ridge. Now kicking inside 50, dribbling football. Who's going to try and get to it first? There's harassing from behind by Allen, but they got away from her for the Muggers. They kicked it out towards the half-back flank. Plenty of numbers here for the Giants as they go back towards Matt. She got it uh, courtesy of Ford. She squares it up now, managing to find Brick Perry. Perry, half-forward flank, decides to come inboard. Does well. Working her way to the front of that contest there. Oh, hello. Horton. That's a shank. Yep. As soon as you praise them, the ball gets turned over. Trying to cut the way through the middle there. Danny Eck lost control of the football. It's been went good, Danny Eck. Went slipping and a sliding for it. Couldn't get it. Perry, hand pass back. Delpos, one step on the left, looking in the Hetherington direction, went through her hands. Cleaned up here by the Muggers. Saad delivers, trying to find center wing. Couldn't get there. Schmidt waiting for the ball to pop out. Jumps onto it now, Schmidt. Gets it out to Gisu. Fingertipper, lost it, got it back again. Trying to clean it up here, McDonald. Immediately wrapped up. Gets the hand pass out. Going through there, Todd. Trying to put it to the agency of Good Sir. Lost control of the football. Jumping in is Perry. She goes to ground. Stripped of the football. Eva comes in here. Appeals to the umpire. And he goes, yeah, fair enough. Let's go for a ball up. Whitford going down for Melbourne University. He's just come from the ground with a lower leg issue. Yeah. Lovely tap there from Saad. And now Melbourne Uni will get the takeaway. Stevenson came out from centre-half back. Numbers almost here with Uni. Sliding in there with Sarah Ford. She has definitely gone with the orange scrunchie today. That's orange. Can confirm. Mackerel's in there. She's getting wheeled around. <laughs> a bit of slinging going on today. And I reckon she was a little bit lucky there, Mackerel. I think she... Had a, had a bit of prior. Yeah. And just tried to take on the world and wasn't able to. Sard again, the tap. Been really, really good. Square things up. It's thrown out of there. Play on. Umpire now will have to call for it. There is no better thing than when the boundary umpire is boundary side, obviously. The field umpire is on the inside and someone just does a one-handed throw. And clearly the field umpire can't see it. Boundary umpire looking straight at it. Can't pay it. Can't do anything. <laughs> yep. As Nielsen went backwards, Eva, one bounce to Gisu, who tried to go back to Eva. A bit miscued with the hand pass. Under pressure, quickly got across to Whiteley. Now goes up the line, coming to market. Going for a run, Zarika now on the left boot. Got the kick away before being shoved across the boundary line. Looking for the Hetherington direction. She was bombed behind. Caught by Hay, who put her into the ground. Oh, that's a senior's free kick. (laughs) 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 Hello, Natalia, if you're listening back to this on replay. Am I supposed to say... Seniors. uh, No, I should say Hall of Fame legend. Uh, You know, you've done it now. Of local football in Victoria. You've dug the hole, you fill it as... Hetherington goes towards the Privatelli direction. Came off hands. Heavy traffic here. No one can get the football out. Almost thrown on this occasion. Nielsen wanted it. In goes Kassam. Umpire blows the whistle and will call for another ball up. I should uh, say, Tanya Hetherington, hip issues, knee issues, every issue you could have had in the last five or six years, and what an effort to still be out there and playing for GWS in the and, AFLW. And, and, I say it in jest, Pete. You know that. And, and playing good footy too. Absolutely. 
But uh, on that occasion, dropped the mark, yeah. then fell on it, and then the 10-second delayed. Oh, yeah, pushing the back. <laughs> As experience the umpire circles, doesn't blow the whistle. Now he says a throw. I should mention about Tanya Hedlison in her first season of playing in the AFLW, kicking efficiency at 80%, best in the competition. Oh, she's a very good kick. Always has been. I actually, I always thought... As soon as they brought that new rule in about how you can run out of the square, the first yeah. person I thought of was Tanya Edrington. So put that's going to help the her ground. Out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just put it in the circle. As uh, now taken away here by Whiteley. Got it across to Stevenson. Shank kick. Cassim under pressure from Walsh. Walsh wraps her up. Ball spills out. Has support back there, but in comes the cavalry, including Ali Brush, who wraps things up, and the umpire blows the whistle and asks for the football back. It's, it's not a Michael Hurley uh, up the chimney kick either that just sort of floats across, and just because it travelled more than 40 metres, it's effective. Tanya gets some penetration she, on the thing. She has a kick and has a, a defensive style similar to Dustin Fletcher. As 12-7-79 GWS, Melbourne Uni, no score. seniors and can't jump to... Dustin Fletcher and launches him 65. That's a quick turnaround, isn't it? We filled that hole in Pete, thanks. <laughs> As it's now Delphos will take it away here for the Giants. He goes back to find Todd. Point Todd the goes to the hand pass. Oh. And then tried to kick it out of midair. I don't know what that kick was all about. Soccering it off the ground here. Good old-fashioned foot and race. a bit of a shove from Asher Price. Price tries to go to chase up the football. Wasn't successful. Whiteley cleans up the mess. Oh, wasn't a great hand pass there to Todd. Todd goes to ground. Nearly had McDonald all over her back. In goes Alicia Eva. Gets a hug. And the umpire says, that's a ball up as McDonald brought it to ground. We'll reset play. One of our front of our broadcast position, including match analyst Matthew Cox. Yep, and it's still cold here at Tin Alley. <laughs> Thank you, Coxie. <laughs> Paul Toss back up. Lovely tackle laid on. Almost dangerous. It's probably soft enough here at Tin Alley that Alice Parker will be able to get up from this one, but her head and her weight was very firmly headed for oblivion for half a second there. It's a good tackle laid on by Daniek, who has been very, very good in this game. Little ball at the back to Stevenson, who goes round the corner. Coming out to meet it on the lead, there was more for Melbourne Uni. They had the numbers three on two, but they're forced over the line. Free kick for a sling. She's sore too. Who's it going to go to? The goal, Julian, just feeling worse for wear. She's going to be able to take the kick. Well, she nodded. I'm not sure if that's to us or the trainer. She's going to... She landed on that right arm. Some of the tats on that arm might still... They are tats, not grass, is it? That's tats. That's tats. They might, That's be, in the, work. They might be in the deck. She'll have to pick those back up. Goes on the right, up towards the wing. Oh, lovely mark. GWS just superior all day. Brush, she goes inboard. All sliding out, couldn't take the mark there. Was good, sir. Then she claimed someone without an umpire wave play on. And it's knocked through the legs there of Faruja. And the umpire surely will call for this. So a bounce, centre wing. It's GWS by 79. And we've gone 12 and a half minutes into this third term. Trying to go through there. Good, sir. Couldn't get it out. Walsh umpire said throw. And it will be a free kick going the way of Melbourne University. Taking it is Kira Price. Uh-oh. To Walsh. It almost got <laughs> ran down, but got the kick away towards the half-forward flank position. Good, strong grab taken there. And that's Angelus wearing the 38. Pity! And a 50-metre penalty! So here's the chance for Melbourne Uni to get their first score on the board because when they bring <laughs> it, was, it to it about... It was Walsh. Walsh tempted him into it. So brings it to about four, 20 metres out, directly in front. 
Katie Angelis for Melbourne University's first. Get through. And straight over the goal umpire's hat. He did not have to move an inch. One straight six, Melbourne University. GWS 12-7-79 here on WARFradio.com. Joining us today is match analyst. He's still cold. He's Matthew Cox. Yeah, that breeze isn't helping either that's just picked up. Legs are freezing. Um, Good reward for effort. I think they've been trying hard. It hasn't been coming off for Melbourne University today. It's nice, though that they can get a major on the scoreboard. So, well done. It's the one thing GWS have got in their game. We're talking about um, it's the lament at VFLW level. Again, it goes down to the whole list of uh, depth throughout the State League. The lack of running carry this year I'm seeing in the VFLW. And you can see the difference from the AFLW players and their fitness and willingness to take that game on. But, but the other thing is that game awareness and smarts is the other thing that lacks when you go to that next tier down. So even at State League level footy, they're still trying to find their feet in terms of strategy and structure. Hawthorne perfected it last year, but that was about it. Um, and as you keep going down, it's it's like going back to the old days of women's footy where it's just run, follow the ball, try and make use of it as, as best you can. And that is the difficulty with the skill gap now. You've got so many yes. skilled players. You've got a full team of skilled players versus, you know, six or eight on the opposition. And they're, you know, those six or eight five years ago would have been... Well, you know, that was the standard. It, and it's the difference between those that have had coaching and the development pathways and those that haven't. It's good to see um, Holly Whitford back out on the ground too, but just taking that kick. Alice Parker has the footy for GWS on the centre wing in the faded Indigenous flag and Torres Strait Islander flag. She played a Indigenous round game here at some stage in the last few weeks. The rain has seen to that being very, very faded at this stage. This ball goes up towards half forward. And over the line out of play. They've thrown 40 around from GWS's goal. Ben Empire will bring himself 15 metres back into play, so he can launch it right into the corridor. And back into play it goes. Nielsen wins it. Delpos had to see if it was her or not. She's lost the headband and the hair's gone all over the shop. You're trying to get through there. Good, sir. Umpire's blown the whistle and said there's a holding infringement and it's going the way of the GWS Giants. Definitely my favourite thing about Emma Carney is when she's taken three bounces on the outer side and then somehow manages to tighten the hair with the ball. Under. I don't know how that... <laughs> I don't know how you... That is just talent. That's what that is. It's, it's lots of practice and talent. Todd. Aaron Todd having a shot at goal. 40 metres out. This will be hard with a heavy football. 42 metres. Shanks the kick. It goes towards the right. Came off hands. Hicks chasing after the football. Close towards the boundary line. Whoa! Whoop. The player just went skidding. Fell on the Kuiper pass. Now here's a snap out of the pack. Looks Arrow. pretty good. And I think it's there. I'll put that one down to Jody Hicks. And it makes GWS Giants go out to 13-7-85. Melbourne University, one straight, six. Three and a half minutes remaining in this third term. Matthew Cox. It's like watching Disney on us then when they yes. all went over. It is. It's one of those old classic grounds, though, where as you get closer to the fence, it really drops oh, away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, then it's, and it's very slippery. It used yeah. to be like that at the G. I still don't know. The, the, the centre must have been a lot more raised than what it is now. I think they did that with the Commonwealth Games. They relayed the whole thing and the middle wasn't as high. But uh, it's very old school with the, uh, you know, when they say, like in England, when they say going down the hill and you say, oh, it can't be that much of a hill. And then they show you the low camera yeah. angle of the cricket and it looks like 
It looks like a cliff. It's exactly what we got here at Tin Alley. <laughs> it's just you've got um, what they say in the golf. Oh, yep, yeah, the balls, the balls above his feet here. <laughs> yeah, it's like that in this. You know, you've got the ball in your hands, but you get where I'm coming from at home. Ball set into the ground. GWS looking to launch another 408 Ford, Sarah Ford. Oh, I could have really done some work there. <laughs> set myself up. Hetherington's back on the ground. Oh, no, in fact, it's Ingrid, I think it might be Ingrid Nielsen at half forward. Matt Mackerel looks like she's pulled on the tracksuit pants. <laughs> With the mud work. <laughs> so your ball up, not a throw in. Field umpire just... Letting all the players know. Ball tossed up in the air. Price is in there. She knocks it down, but it's taken away by Parker. Dodging and weaving towards full forward. Hetherington off hands. Probably went the tap spoil there, I reckon, Tanya. I think um, I think the old instinct set in there. Decided not to mark. Turned over. Oh, no. Melbourne Uni. It's a falling over. spot. It is. There's a, there is apparently a, a black hole at half forward. People are falling into they're back in that area again now, but it's a mark to Uni, and it looks like it might be Roan who's got it in the left back pocket. And Roan tries to find an intended target who dropped the football cold, and the umpire said, luckily, for Melbourne Uni's sake, she comped it high, and it will be a resulting free kick. Yeah, Roan went Roan there. And... Just with it there. Oh, no. Like Jansen has turned the football over. Eva trying to weave the way through traffic. Got on the boot, and she's just limping after that. She's sealing to the bench. Keep an eye on that, Coxie. The kick fell short at the goal line, and Melbourne University will come away with it. With Hay. Hay now kicks it out towards the wing. Oh, getting a little shove on the way through is Tancred. Beaten out to it by Schmidt, who gave her the shove. Schmidt kicked it inside 50. A bouncing football. Trying to control it there is good, sir, with support from Prevatelli, but the boundary line will beat them all. All over and out. Yeah, Eva in a fair bit of trouble. Left ankle, which I think from memory is the same one she injured at Pump Road. Yeah, she's limping and needing the assistance of the trainer as she hops off the ground and the umpire said halt play as it was being thrown back in. And the, the trainers took a while to get onto the ground because this the play stuck right in front of the bench. As it's thrown back in, Nelson. They try to work their way into the football, but... It's still a rugby scrum out there for Anwell, who tried to get a hurry kick away. Hand pass backwards. It's in a half forward now for the Giants. Trying to kick it off the side of the boot there was Horton. Still outside 50. Now they come inside for Zarika, and she takes the mark. She'll be lining up for goal about 30 metres out. Sorry, 10 seconds away. What a good sign there for Alicia Eva, showing clear signs of frustration. As Zarika comes in. Oh, flat putt. Oh, absolute flat mongrel putt. Hetherington with a chance, but the siren sounds on her. And that is three-quarter time with the GWS Giants, 13-7-85, leading Melbourne University, one straight six, Matthew Cox. Yeah, just keeping an eye on uh, Alicia Eva. Isn't it ironic? It's happened almost at the exact same point as what it did at Swinburne. Yeah, just near three-quarter time. Swinburne Centre, I should say. It's good that she didn't go straight down the race, which is just in front of us here. No, but it is that the the ankle. She grabbed it as soon as she hurt it. So whether she's rolled it or just landed awkwardly on it after she took that kick, because she was kicking for goal too um, when she did it. Just taking, having a look at the, the foot now, taking the boot and the sock off. So we'll keep an eye on how that goes. Yeah, Goal it's kickers. It's too much of a heavy load. She's been carrying the seven VFL commentary team, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a lot of the um, a lot of the boundary riders on the network television stations. There's not much going on up in the box. 
<laughs> Today's a classic example yeah, of that. that yeah. uh, three goals to Amy Schmidt and Beck Privatelli for the Giants. Two goals to Jess Allen. Singles to Jody Hicks, Louise Stevenson, Britt Perry, Lauren Horton and Anine Zarika. The only goal kicker so far today for Melbourne University is Angelus. So there we have it at three-quarter time on our VFL Women's Match of the Day. Invitational match, GWS Giants, 13-7-85. Melbourne University, one straight six, back straight after this. The winter issue of Ladies in Racing magazine is out now with Winx on the cover. Inside, an eight-page Winx special packed with stories and photos. Plus, stories on the Wakeful Club's Lady of Racing, jockey Christine Pauls, Jamie Carr, and Harness Racing's fearless Reigns women. Ladies in Racing, for those who love the glamour and stories of females in racing. Six issues, starting with the winter edition for only $59, including postage in Australia. Call 1300 783 112 or see magazine.com.au. No matter what your age, most of us played sport when we were young. And there was always one thing that made you want to disappear into a corner or even give up your chosen sport. And that was when somebody on the sideline hurled abuse at either you or a teammate. These are the moments that make sport painful for so many kids, and the time has come to stop it. I'm Elise Perry from the Southern Stars, and my message is simple. Let kids be kids. Let them enjoy their sport without interference. Google Play by the Rules to find out more. For the big game this weekend, here's where to meet up. The Mail Exchange Hotel. Five minutes walk from Marvel Stadium. Ales, wine, superb food and tap terminals. The Mail Exchange Hotel. It's where the footy fans meet up. Corner Burke and Spencer Streets, City. Opposite the steps at Southern Cross Station. Premiership coach Paul Roos talks teamwork, leadership and creating a winning culture. One of the smartest minds in football talks about his life and the lessons he's learned. On the next Reclick, Sporting Chance Night. If you're in sport or business, come and learn from one of the best. It's on Wednesday, August 14 at the Hoppers Club. Pelham Drive, Hoppers Crossing. Tickets just $25, but bookings are a must. Call 94196672 and join Paul Roos. Reclick, including the unincluded. RSN Carnival 2. It's the It is the VFL Women's Match of the Day on WARFradio.com and via our Facebook page today. Our live radio call of the GWS Giants and Melbourne University. The Giants 13-7-85, Melbourne University 1 straight 6 on air next Saturday to bring you uh, Weemstown versus the NT Thunder from down at Oval. You reckon it's cold here today? See you at Weemstown next Saturday. And then at the QEO in Bendigo. No, you won't. <laughs> you, well, you're taking the day off, are you, mate? Well, if it's going to be this cold. Yes. And at the QEO in Bendigo next uh, next Sunday for Richmond versus the Casey Demons. That'll be nippy. I, I want to, if Christy Williams is listening online, our uh, statistician here at WAAFradio.com and our betting person, I would like to know the odds on Dan Hill being at Bendigo. <laughs> he says he'll be there next Sunday, but I'd like a book on that, please. Oh, lock and load. No, I'll be there. I'll be there. Do you want a lift? <laughs> Coxie was offering a lift, but I'll take a lift from you. It means I don't have to go I'll, through Sunbury. I'll, I'll have the weekend off. <laughs> we have to go through Sunbury anyway to get to Bendigo, you <laughs> peanut. Yeah, yeah, but I don't have to take the train through Sunbury. That's it's the advantage. Don't have to meet the people Sun, there. Sunbury. I was in Sunbury last week. Lovely establishment. <laughs> establishment? <laughs> Jeez. A few questionable folks walking around at night, Sunbury. <laughs> Hello to people that are listening on the line, I by felt, the way, from was, New South I, Wales I, ACT. I feared for my Fans life. of the Giants who are going, what the heck's this Melbourne humour all about? Oh, no, they just 
they can transpose a few suburbs in their own minds for Sunbury, I think. Put it this way, it's aptly known as... Um, no, I'm not going to say You know what it's aptly known yeah, as. Yeah, I do know, and hello to all my friends back in Sunbury. You, just for, I won't say it, but you just insert a C between the oh, S and U. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, swap yeah, the N yeah, for an M. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know, we know. I'm from Broadmeadows, and we look down on it as... <laughs> 79 points, the difference what's, here. What's a... What's a what, what should GWS... Should they kick, like, 20 goals? Like, what is the sort of mark here? Because well, they, they dropped know. off. They dropped what, off. They're I, slowing down. 16. I'll give you 16. I, I don't know what it is, but um, I know that they're, they're keen on running out the full four quarters because Alicia Eva's just gone back out there after testing her ankle on the boundary line. Oh, yeah, just tape it up. She'll be right. I, I think Melbourne Uni, uh, pardon the pun, part the bus, but I reckon 16. I reckon they kick three goals for the quarter. I think it will slow down a bit. I think 16 would be you know, par for GWS. Well, Melbourne Uni have kept up. Crack, crack the 100. Who's been good for Melbourne Uni, Coxie? Um, just just give, throw give, that give, at you on notice. Yeah, that, thank you. well, Angelus has kicked a goal. That's a start. Yeah. Price um, no, in, in all seriousness, yeah, Price has probably been one of their better players, the most consistent across the four quarters. Start in the opening term down back, went forward early in the second quarter and, and got a fair bit of the footy again. Just disposal usage has been an, an issue for her. Um, Danik's got a bit of the footy as well uh, that we've seen today. I've liked... Where is she? Can't see her in... Where, where you've put a sad? There it is. Yeah, the um, ruck's been very good. Yeah, number thirty-nine um, against two ruck women that are very experienced and 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 know their craft very well. Um, she's put in a very solid performance, and I got a feeling was it last week her debut game for Melbourne Uni? Pete, is that what Lauren Moorcroft said prior to the Who game? Was that for Sard? No, she'd played a couple of games beforehand, but this is her first, first year. season. Yes. yes. So we're underway here in the final term. Yours is right again there as it starts to bake main oval Melbourne University. I'm bake. Like, it's the football back. Yes, the oval, but not us in the broadcast position. We're in the shade. Do you reckon we could transfer to three or four metres over the boundary line for the last? <laughs> Probably could. Get into uh, play? Uh, We'd have to walk through the mug. Yeah, we don't have to worry about a cable to get us out there. Uh, as the well, hurry kick away by Melbourne Uni. Now cleaned up here by Zarika, who gave off the hand pass. One step, big kick inside, looking for Allen, but got away from her. It'll be cleaned up here by the Muggers. I'll try and switch here. The intended target was for Hare, lost out. Zarika got caught, but the hand pass went over the back of her head. Allen came charging in. There is Whitford. She gets put into the ground. And the umpire will ask for the football back, and will ball it up 55 metres out from goal. The good old-fashioned body slam from Aaron Todd. Umpire said it was legal. The ball kicked out of defensive 50, but only as far as Nielsen, who goes to the top oh. of the square. Lovely Mark Rivitelli. Geez, her contested marks have been good today. And I think that's why she was probably the only player that has stayed in the forward line since midway yep. through the first quarter. Yep. Said it's working. We like what we see. We'll leave it at that. Of course, former Darabin Falcon... And spent some time at the Eastern Ranges also. Devils, yeah. Eastern Devils, indeed. Oh, Eastern, yeah. She's missed away to the left. Wasn't a great kick in the end. Extends the lead to an even 80. We've played two minutes, final term. Good old Mulgrave reserve. Beer on tap there. As the ball was taken out of defence with a long kick. 
It's a prerequisite, really, isn't it, Pete? Absolutely. You're really you're not taking it seriously if you don't have beer on tap. That's a message to the Basin Football Club, direct from Daniel Hill. Uh, the, <laughs> going backwards to Roan. End up playing on quickly up towards centre wing. It's my local Zurica football again club. again goes again. Ladies and gentlemen. Hand pass away. In comes Walsh to lay a tackle. And we'll call for another ball up. Reset play between centre wing and the half-forward flank. City side of the ground. Oh, lovely Nielsen. Tap. Got it across to Parker. Shrugged off the tackle, Parker, left boot, going inside 50, one bounce, having to clean it up and spin out of trouble more. Her kick, though, intercepted, and the Giants will send it back inside 50, looking for Zarika sliding through, Stevenson goes in there, wants to try and pull out the football, out the pack, can't do so. And we'll have another ball up, 25 metres out from the GWS Giants goal, they're attacking the Western End. Got to love more, she's playing... Five metres in front of her direct opponent. She's won the last two or three contests. She'll get it again here. It's knocked forward towards goal. Beck Privatelli could have been shoved Ooh, in the back. back. No, nah, good umpiring. Play on. Was in the side. <laughs> Not really, but play on. <laughs> Quick one at goal from Houghton. Missed away to the right. Well, from the one we had down in front of us it, just before the end of three-quarter time, we just, just literally ran over and shoved it 20 metres, and the umpire goes, play on in the side. Practical umpiring. I don't know. 13-9, 87-1 one straight six. The kick out from defence finding more. I thought you said at the start of the day, don't be critical of the umpires. Oh, yeah, this is coming. Yeah, I said that coming from the bloke who, let's not go back to the accusation about 21 on the field a few grand finals ago. But anyway. Yeah, 2014. Anyway. It's made, a, you a, it's made you a life member down at a certain club, hasn't it? That's, that's, another, uh, that's another page of history in the... Yeah. In the Calling Women's Footy Radio book. Is that one of the memorable fa- moments? You won't Falcon forget it as the ball is thrown back <laughs> into play. Falcon forget it. Because Nilsson, he has it, hit the ground. Diamond Creek still say you're right as it's taken away here by Walsh. Got it towards centre wing. Coming around Gisu, hand pass. Chain of handballs to the fridge in Ferrugia. Got it back to Gisu. Gisu came back in board. This time using the agency of Ali Brush. Brush now goes towards centre half forward, spotting up Good Sir. Good Sir with the footy. Gets on the right boot, goes inside 50. A little bit of body work going on here. Nielsen nearly had the head ripped off. Umpire said, play on. Nilsson got it back again. Hand pass. Momentarily intercepted. Momentarily taken back again. Mackerel goes in there. She's wrapped up by Hay. And the umpire calls for the footy back. 45 metres out from goal. I've got my bucket of sand here, Pete. It does have to be said, though, given the circumstances, that the umpires have been terrific today. Have I filled in that divot? <sighs> yes. <laughs> ball, ball tossed up. <laughs> Left half forward. I, almost, I was almost going to call for the lights at one stage. And now the sun's come out. It's quite extraordinary. It looks nice out there in the sun. I'm going to say, I'm going to go with it. Ground bathed in sunshine. Oh, God. It's my line. Get me off. <laughs> Left half forward. Chance here again for GWS, but Uni have bulked the players around it. And I think it's Moore back there again. She's been very, very good in the start of this term. Five or six possessions. It's one of those unfortunate things, though. Every time she gets a touch, she kicks it outside defensive 50, and it just comes straight back in. GWS here through the agency of Gisu, bit of one-two, bit of champagne. Oh, and then she overthought it for a fraction of a second. Chain of hand passes leads to a kick inside, attacking 50. It's over the back. Oh, courage going back with the flight. That might have been Roan down there. 
Couldn't quite come up with it now to go underneath a pack. Bounce 25 out directly in front of GWS's goal. So the umpire will take the footy back and will throw it up in the air. Jess Allen doing the rucking on this occasion. Heavy traffic. Rugby mall. And the umpire will allow play to go on. It'll get squeezed out. Circling around the back for Ruger. Hand pass backwards using Mackerel. One step kick Nielsen. Her kick was smothered off the boot. Mackerel traces it up again. Ducked the tackle. And they kicked it into the back of the head of a teammate. That's going to require a Panadol. <laughs> Rush now going sideways. Horton takes a mark. Mackerel hurt her leg. Yeah, she's limping. Horton now goes long towards the top of the goal square and it's punched through for a minor score. 13-10-88 for GWS. Melbourne Uni, one straight six. Seven minutes have gone in this final term. Here's Matthew Cox. Yeah, Mac- Mackerel just running off. She must have just landed awkwardly on her ankle there, so she looks okay staying out. GWS, the turnover from the kick-in and free kick to Melbourne Uni. Saying it's a shepherd against Allen, and it'll be Moore again with the footy. She's been very, very good. Wants the switch. Oh, I love a bit of risk. Why not? Who cares? Well, they've got a player on here too. And she goes across the face of goal and gets it to Hate, who is Hetherington playing the nine metres here. <laughs> always working an angle. Oh, dropping the mark. Out there was Hare. Now she's under pressure. Switches it back across the other side. This is good footy from Uni. If they can work this end to end, it would make the day. Little hands over the top. From Roan, although it didn't get to her intended target. Now GWS swarm on the footy. They're at left half forward. Little don't argue came through. Might have been high, high fend off or high, high tackle. tackle. Pretty sure. It was a bit of both. It's almost like they both uh, had each had a palm on each other's chins. <laughs> so it should have cancelled each other out and been playing off. Play so like, both holding. Both have smacked each other in the head. The umpire did pick out a free kick, and now a little pass goes to Britt Perry. She marks 40 out, 45-degree angle. Melbourne Uni just too slow to come out of that back pocket when they were switching it on this side. Two free players could have... Jeez, I started to get excited, though, Coxie. I thought they've done the well, they switch were, and they're... the re-switch, and we would have had Pete Holden talking about the horseshoe and all sorts of things. <laughs> As the kick goes inside towards the goal square, the Giants will end up trying to go backwards to go forwards to find Zurika, who goes to the hand pass using Mackerel, who now got it across to Privatelli, who squares it up. And finding 20... Sorry, pardon me, about 40 metres out from goal in Elise Parker. She'll have a shot directly in front. Oh, stab pass. Turnover. Yeah. Oh, here's a chance for Uni. It wasn't great. And if they can get it out the side, oh. guess who flying from behind? How's the leap? How's the punch? She's a star. You could get in one of those uh, Hong Kong karate movies with moves like that. Gets close towards the boundary line. It was a heck of a leap and a fist. And she and was the wins a free kick out of it. Deserved. Guess who? Don't know what for, but gets why it, not? Gets across to Mackerel. And the umpire was just impressed with the effort. Mackerel's had the mud bath from... Uh, Hip down. Goes the low driving ball just over the head of Privatelli. Moore again for Melbourne Uni. She's been fantastic. Lovely little handball at the back. And a nice little pass in the centre. Fiddy umpire! <laughs> Call it both ways. No, I didn't say that. Up towards <laughs> half forward. <laughs> and now GWS have the, have the numbers. Little ball over the back. It's a two-on-two. Two. Good old-fashioned foot race. Pressure applied there. Did quite nicely. I think it might have been... I think it was Angelus. Now GWS again with numbers. 
Hands over the top from Nielsen. Oh, could have got one high. Umpires saw it that way from a fair way off the plate. And it'll be a free kick to GWS right half forward. Another one of the long sleeve wearers. It's Zarika's probably been one of the best for GWS. Stabbed at the kick. Tried to find the teammate in Parker. Bounced off her chest. Trying to go in there again for Rugia. Rolls over the play and the umpire blows the whistle and will call for a ball up. She's talking about um, Collingwood having 62% of the possessions. I'd love to see the stats on this game, Coxie, today and how much the possessions GWS have had. Yeah, although I feel as if Melbourne Uni have just worked it back in this final term. They've been a little more competitive. They haven't not given up. They love to tackle. It's like they've just picked 22 tacklers. Mm. Well, in these conditions. Parker <laughs> goes in there. Oh, Mackerel nearly had the... It ripped off, and, and the umpire said free kick. Laura Moorcroft is coaching today for <laughs> Melbourne <true>. University. <laughs> that is true. Mackerel is about 65 metres out from home. Lead was offered by Zarika, ignored, going in the Primatelli direction. Couldn't quite bring it in, came off her hands. Going to be kicked off the ground oh, there by do. Asher Price, right into the middle of the glue pot. If they can pick it up here through Whiteley, want to defeat the hand pass backwards to Delpos, who gave it off. One step, and here's the boot by Perugia going up the line. Good mark taken, had to be quick there. And just getting it and turning around, Perry. Perry squares it up towards true centre-half forward. Outmarked on this occasion by Moore. Umpire said no. Someone else had hands on it, so it won't pay the mark. So assume we don't have the zones today, Pete, just judging by the field at the moment. Uh, yeah, I think the... Uh, Thrown um, out the window? Yeah, the, it's uh, liberal, liberally uh, applied by, by the umpiring. Or as Gil McLaughlin now calls it, hashtag practical umpiring. I like it. I like it. As, as long as it's, you know, they're relatively holding their positions. Yeah, what, up a goalpost? <laughs> Hello, Rampy. Swans Essendon. He's an interesting uh, cat. In goes, ramp. in goes Mackerel. Back. She gets one in the back. The umpire says, here's a free kick. Just if I keep this up, I'm looking, I'll look out for the right. behavioural awareness officers. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I reckon she could kick this date, Mackerel, given her last she's uh, kick. A, she's got a very... Very solid kicking style. She's got a low ball drop. There's plenty behind it. Mackerel. Oh, oh no. Nah. Sees the pass. Privatelli. She hit that well for a pass. Slides onto it and takes the mark. She'll be kicking well, from about 30 metres out, 45 degree angle. Her last two kicks have been like that. The one squaring up. forget who the target was at centre-half forward when she did the kick, but it was a spearing... It's amazing what happens when you take five or six steps before you attempt that type of kick. Privatelli gets the goal. And GWS moved to 14-10-94, one away from the Don. One straight kick, that is. Melbourne University, one straight six. And we've got seven minutes remaining in this final term. Here's your match analyst today, wearing the fight MND beanie, Mr Matthew Cox. And five layers, four goals to uh, Beck Privatelli today. If you had a... Best and fairest award for these invitational games. Should be right up there for GWS. Absolutely. Oops. And, 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 and you'd be hoping, I mean, Beck works for the GWS Giants, but they've got, let's hope they get pen to paper quickly for these players. Because if you were a Victorian club, i.e. the Saints and Richmond, etc., you'd be circling seeing how well Mackerel and Privatelli are playing, going, you sure? You know, Privatelli used to live in Victoria. Mackerel, mm-hmm. you know, do you want to move to Victoria? The, the Saints, mate. We've got Peter Sir. We'll just do it all on the local talent. That's how good she is. We don't need any stars down there. Oh, the, the, the way they're going. Well, yeah. I, I still can't believe the way Peter yeah. Searle did that last year. And, I saw and, them in round and, one. They and, were hopeless. And, By round and, five, they were the best side in the league. And how they're going. They still don't have McCarthy or Exxon in the side yet. Mm, it's extraordinary. 
GWS again go forward. Privatelli again. Going to line up for number five. And she just uh, has a quick look over the shoulder. Oh, thought about a pass. Hetherington on a lead. Privatelli, though, decides to load it up. Gives it everything. Gets right to the line, but it was away to the right, so just a minor score. And the 100 eludes them for the moment. 14-11-95. RGWS, the Giants. Melbourne Uni, one straight six. Moore takes it in the back pocket. Scoreboard side. Goes for a run and goes long looking for Walsh. Knocked away from her by Eva. Eva goes in to load the tackle. Does it well. Had support there by Horton. Going back to Gisu. Gisu goes for the run. Kicks a flat punt inside 50. Took one bounce. Bounced awkwardly. And coming away, Millie Sean hurriedly on the boot. Gisu intercepts. Gisu quickly on the boot from 50 metres out. Try to put it into the danger zone. 25 metres out from the Giants' goal. Hurry kick away there by Angelus to try and come out of defence. Stevenson picks it up. Does a little dancing. Hand pass off to Ferrugia. Goes back to Zarika. Goes back to Ferrugia. Ferrugia right up against the boundary line. Low Ooh. spearing kick. Just got away there from her teammates who just got a fingertip on it before went over the boundary line and out of bounds. We'll have a throw in. Aaron Todd down there attempting the uh, slips catch. So the ball will be tossed back in. Throw a blanket over about 26 players. It's one to the front by Allen, who's moved back into the ruck late in this one. Maybe just doing it while it's in the forward half. Shovels it out the back. Mackerel, right foot snap. Why not? Just away to the right-hand side. She wanted to kick it on her left, but the player coming to smother was coming from her left. Had to change back to the right foot. And just a minor score. So, again, the 100 eludes them. We're four and a half remaining. That's got to be the target. As the kick out from defence... Allen flying through the air. Hand pass now with Stevenson. Hurry kick inside 50. Prepatelli hands on the footy momentarily. Sean takes it away from Melbourne Uni. Nothing really to go to in the middle of the ground. Every player forward of centre. Whiteley got caught with the footy. Umpire said she handballed it. Going in there. Amalung can't get it out. Hurried high ball by the Giants going inside 50, looking for Hetherington who's snuck her way forward. Hetherington now receives, thought about the kick momentarily, gave off the hand pass. Chain of handballs going around here, quick snap, they'll pass away to the left. Struggling to put it between the two posts. Matilda's know something about that from earlier this morning. 14, 13, 97 Giants, What's Melbourne Uni, terrible. one straight six. Wonder how Stadge is, shout out to Stadge. Good luck in your court case, son. Right half back. Chance here for Uni. Oh, they could get one here if this gets over the back. Will it bounce? Will it slide? Will it skid? They've got no one to go to. They don't, but there's numbers with GWS. They've got to think about this, though. Oh, good kick. Hetherington. Oh, oh hasn't been able to take too many marks oh. today. And then kicks it up the line more back with courage. She's been really, really good in this last term. And it'll be a throw-in where the paint meets the arc. Or would if it had been scrubbed out from the mud what we've got left. As I'll tell you what, there's a few that have worked their way down. We started off with a crowd of four. It was us and the cameraman. Yeah. There's about a hundred in. Is that with the uh, Pete Holden special oh, source supplied? I didn't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> rounding up. We're rounding up people. As it going in there, Schmidt 
court put into ground, but Melbourne Uni's two sides are playing away in the VAFA. We should mention that. Screw you, Cox. You don't count him. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Has the football. You think he's joking? He's actually counting them. Here comes Stevenson through the middle of the ground. Oh, rejected straight away there by Hare. Knocked it away. But cleaning up there is Delpos looking for Gisu. Gisu put the footy up through the mud. Got the hand pass away looking for Stevenson. Now, one step, boots towards the top of the square, touch the fingertips, it's away to the right. Another minor score, 14-14, 98, Melbourne Uni, one straight six. The Giants have just under two minutes to try and bring up the ton as Moore takes the mark in the back pocket. I'll continue on commentary because Dan Hill's still counting the crowd. 73. There you go. That's not that much sauce. That's just a bit extra salt. Well, pepper like uh, GWS peppering the goals. Well, they still want that 100. They've got 90 seconds. I'll be disappointed if they don't get this. I reckon they've seen the scoreboard. They've wanted the ton. They haven't been able to get there. Ball to the top of the goal square, and it'll be fisted over the line and over the fence. Oh, hang on. I haven't counted those people. Are they watching the game? Is that bloke? Is he going to yeah, throw yeah. the ball? He's watching the game? Yeah, one bloke's watching. Oh, we're up to 80. How'd you go from 73 to 80? Because those people walking past at the back, I'm counting them. Look at that. Over there, they're yeah, playing yeah. basketball. They're watching yeah, the game. Well, you're counting those in the schoolyard as well. Yeah, but, why not? Oh. <laughs> ball toss back in. Ruck work from Nielsen. One up to the front. Uni happy to just lock it up, although no, they have forced it back inside. A little snap around the corner. It's there. Towards goal. Is it up? It's there. All clear. And I think it was Alice Parker. Don't quote me. They all look the, that's one thing about these orange and grey jumpers. They all look the same. 15-14-104. GWS, Melbourne University, one straight six. The ton has been brought up 98 point lead to the Giants. And there's, the crowd. and there's a big cheer for the Giants in the crowd as well. Matthew Cox, match analyst. Didn't come from me. Um, Good goal by Parker, one of the younger players coming through the ranks from the New South Wales ACT system, oh, really? I believe. Yes. Oh, that's good. Yeah, got a NAB uh, AFLW rookie uh, rising star nomination during the AFLW so. season. Can play. As Looks like she's been around a bit longer than that. Allen tapped it down. Tried to get it out there. Parker again, immediately caught. Everyone jumping on the footy. And the umpire will blow the whistle for a ball up. And there goes the Hooter. It's all over here at Main Oval, Melbourne University. The Giants' biggest win so far in their Invitational Series. 15-14-104 to the Muggers. One straight six. Injury issue for Mackerel by the looks of things again. She's been in the wars. Right ankle, I think. She loves throwing the body on the line. She loves getting physical and getting in there. And isn't that ironic? The two injury concerns to come out of this game are the same ones that they had at Punt Road. Alicia, Eva and Tate Mackerel, both with lower leg issues. And so Eva's walking out onto the ground with the glad wrap around the uh, the ice the ice bag on the front inside of the ankle. They always say those doctor experts at home, they always say if you roll it inward it's better or something, or have I made that up? I've got no idea what you're talking about. I think it's better if you go that way than that way. They, they were so quick on the scoreboard, the umpires didn't even get to meet in the middle to be able to wave the flag, so okay. they, they turned it off that quickly. We're out of here. Uh, yeah, we're done, we're going home, that's what everyone says. Well, we've got uh, eight more minutes before we sign off air here at uh, Main Oval Melbourne University. Again, a comprehensive victory for the GWS Giants. Let's get some goal kickers, shall we, at uh, full time with Matthew Cox. 
Yeah, because your pen ran out of ink. Uh, four goals to Beck Privatelli, three goals to Amy Schmidt, two goals to Jess Allen, singles to Parker, Hicks, Stevenson, Perry, Horton and Zurika. The only goal kicker coming in the third quarter for Melbourne University was Katie Angelus. Saw the final score, 15-14, 104. The GWS Giants defeating Melbourne University one straight six in their third of five invitational games here in the VWFL, VFLW. Thank you very much there, Coxie. So straight back to the past, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Around again. Well, we are. VWFL. We are at a muddy tin alley. But now they're calling the VWFL the Victorian Wheelchair Football League. Ah, very good. Because they've got that going up. I think there's five teams involved in that. What are they? Is it what, indoor rugby? Yes, kind of like that, but yeah. it's Aussie rules, so it's more of a oh. handball game. Yeah. Ah, so, that's very good. So the Giant supporters, a handful of them have made their way down the Right. Clapping their do, team off the do, ground do today. This, Dan, what's the percentage of the uh, 80... What do we end up with? 83 people that are here? What are they? The giants. Yeah, what's the split? Oh, half. Uh, half, half. Giants yeah, getting yeah, on the ground today and they're clapping their supporters as well with this big victory. 15-14-104 to one straight six. And they're even posing for the photo as well. Out on the ground for their performance today. Their next yes. game, of course... Love uh, a bit of me, me, me. ...will be on uh, July 13, I believe, and that is at Windy Hill when they take on Essendon. Oh, just keep serving up the really good decks uh, to uh, them. <laughs> and then there will be a game in August when they take on Collingwood at Victoria Park. Oh, that's a little better. So two more games to come. Collingwood Red Hot will be interesting to see what type of side is served up. Well, What's yeah. Collingwood, AFLW players or not in that match. You'd be hoping... Like, I, I know, OK, this is technically a buy for Melbourne University, but slightly disappointed that they didn't have a few more VFLW players out on the park today to make a bit more of a contest. I know it doesn't mean much in the scheme of things, but it would have been nice to test players against, especially those on the verge of being drafted, to test them against um, AFLW experience? I would say that the one that will get a true test against is Collingwood because as much as we propose that they might be uh, resting players, because it's so close to the finals, it can work either one or two ways. Either A, it's their last break for players so they're rested, or B, some sides are like, well, no, we want our full strength side in. We want everyone to click now. This is go time. We're at the business end of the season. Yeah, and it will be GWS's final hurrah as well in the in the competition. So hopefully, and, and would you want a hardened hit out coming into the finals? As in, let's get ourselves finals ready by going up against a side that's another gear up to get us there. We would, but I don't think the clubs would. Yep. Thanks for answering that for me. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's Lee just trying to pump up a game, but and then just brought down to hit by Dan Hill. Thank you. No, very no, much. but it's you've got to yeah. work on the realities. Yeah. Um, I think they they need to look at. I think it would actually work quite well. Like, if they could get some kind of combined defence force side or something, which we've seen play representative games before, or something like that where they can sort of play a four- to six-round carnival-y type thing, um, where you've got Gold Coast, Brisbane, GWS. We know the Swans are a long way away, but they could sort of, I don't know, maybe like a North Queensland team. Like, that would be a bit of fun. Like, I don't know. There has to be a way to sort of get their own... Six, because I can only imagine that the cost would be pretty similar. Because I mean, you still have to fly places and whatnot. Um, but even Canberra, like mm. I don't know if GWS could split into 
Yeah, if they could have two sides but, sort of well, have they one did. Well, they Canberra. Did. They, they the, did last year yeah. where they had a, the what they call the Northern Academy and Southern Academy and they took on both uh, the Lions and the Suns in a four-game yeah. series. That's got to be the game. And, and probably what the thorn in the side is, it's because the Thunder want to play this 13-14 game season in the VFLW where in an ideal world the Thunder a bit like their men in the Neeful the Thunder should be playing against the Giants and the and, Suns and the, and the Lions in a four ga- if those four teams played they could have a round robin which would mean they guaranteed six games which would be about right what they want yeah and then of course well I don't know is Port Adelaide coming in? Probably in four years. They're a long way okay. Yeah. When, when the next TV contract comes up though I reckon that's when they'll come in. Yeah then when you get the two yeah it's all about geography then when you get the two um, Adelaide sides, they probably are able to play with the two Perth sides and something along those lines, and you sort of segment yeah. it and keep the... Because it's all about yeah. the top... You've got to play the top-end games. Like, I don't know what they necessarily get out of today as well. Like, I, I well get, they get a bit of a training run, but yeah. is it really, yeah. you know... Well, for, for Melbourne University, what do they get out of today? I, I think you get a lot out of it if you're Melbourne University because you're basically saying to 22 girls, if you stand out here... Who knows what the possibilities that, are? That, that's how Emma Humphreys... So there was a couple of them that did. Yeah, that's how Emma Humphreys originally got recruited to the Bulldogs in the exhibition match series because she played in a game for Tasmania against Queensland where Tasmania got slaughtered. It was something like 150 to 6. Mm. And he said, she kept trying all day. And that's why I started to pick her. He goes, kept trying all day when they were getting slaughtered. But kept going and going and going and that impressed. Yeah, like you go, you go McDonald, Saad... Um, there's only a handful, but they were still very good. McDonald, Saad, uh, Daniak was good in the first half. Kira Price. Kira Price was okay. But uh, th- that's the thing. Like, you've probably got four or five there that you go, oh, okay. And that's but, why you're playing. But but are they going to be regulars in the uni lineup? So, Mike, the... Well, possibly. The, the disappointing thing from today is that Melbourne Uni, who haven't had the best of seasons, okay, they've been competitive, they've been up there or thereabouts... Today would have been an opportunity to potentially get some confidence, especially against a more superior outfit. And, and instead, it away. instead, it's more, well, we've got drubbed. The ball got snookered down one end of the ground for most of the game. Yes, players got footy in their hands, but is that actually beneficial to those players? Because the, especially if you look at someone like Price, who was getting a fair bit of it more in that last term inside defensive 50... Yes, they got the footy in their hands and they were competitive and, you know, stood out, but they didn't really actually do anything with the football. So in terms of... can't really. No. So just uh, bang it out and it'll probably come back. And and because the AFLW listed players and some of the senior VFLW listed players were not playing, that presents the problem of that on-field leadership of people to stand around to calm things down and say, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, and, and, and give some structure. Well, you, you summed it up early, Dan. They were just panicked from the word go. The pressure that was coming from the other way, they just they just yeah. didn't know what to do with it, which they're, hurt. And they're pretty slick, GWS. Like mm, They've got yeah. some serious quality. And like, as we mentioned, from a skill perspective, I don't think I've seen a... I don't think I've seen a more skilled team as far as long as I've been calling well, this it, level I, of footy. I, I would have. They were very. Skilled. I'd hate to have seen this match played on a lawn bowl esque type yeah. of field because GWS were just trying Box to run or something like that. Yeah, they were just trying to run constantly, play on as much, particularly in the first two quarters. Um, if they'd had a dry deck, who knows what could, what could have happened today. It, is the performance over the last three games, and particularly today, 
uh, actually frustrating for Giant supporters, as in frustrating going, geez, if this really could click at AFLW level, this is what we really well, could be doing. This is our potential, but... A, a, a similar sort of thing to my thoughts on Melbourne Unity. I don't know how much you can actually read into yeah, it. Yeah, Like, they're looking good. They're looking sharp. But the quality of the opposition they've played, they've played Williamstown. Okay, they were fairly competitive for the first half. Richmond. Gave them a shake but didn't impact the scoreboard. No, and went quiet for two quarters. And Melbourne University really failed to fire today. So I don't know, again, how much... Like, on, and, the, on and, the opposite side of the equation, they're going to get a heap of confidence out of it because they and, know that their structure's holding up. And, and coming up over the next two games, as we said, they play an Essendon side who has struggled. But been better this year. Better, but, but struggle. Um, but they might, again, depending on who they rest, if they don't rest their senior listed players, they do have ex-AFLW listed talent like Shay Audley and Cecilia McIntosh in the side. Um, and then, as we said, they play Collingwood, and who knows what Collingwood will do. If Collingwood go in with their strongest side, hey, we might have a ball game here. If Collingwood go in with a weaker side, we could see what we see today. And we know these games, the, the primary objective is obviously for developing and educating players. We heard Rogers say that prior to the game. That's what this experience is all about for them. So why? So I agree, but why then would they play? Like why is Tanya Hetherington playing? Well, I think it's more a case of them... And I expand that to about... Well, yeah, why well, all, well, all their stars are playing for the GWS. Just play kids. Have they got uh, the kids? Uh, Academies? I, well, I guess it's a question where did did the likes of Tanya Hetherington want to play six or seven games at Essendon? Because all these AFLW players get managed on their load. Did she want to play six or seven games at Essendon, or does she want to play five games oh, at so GWS? she actually well, wants to play the games just to get the touch. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. you're not playing. Yeah. Well, you look, we know they don't want to not play. Yeah, so, so it's a case correct. of A, getting the touch, but B, you, you, more useful being in the same environment and keeping the structure yeah, okay. with their teammates. And yeah, you look. So Dolpos went back to Darabin last year. Hetherington was at Essendon. Stevenson went to Richmond. And Mackerel was wherever she is. Um, went to Essendon. Well, while some of the players are also playing uh, the state league competition back in Sydney during yep. the off weeks, like Beck Prevatelli uh, and, and Louis Stevenson as well. Parker. Oh, they're playing locally. Yeah, they're playing locally well, as well. There's no reason for them to play in this game, there, is there? Just throwing that out there. It, Continuity it, and to give the, the players that are young that are coming through the system that guidance and experience. I suppose that's the only. Because why, why would you risk an, an ACL style of injury? Getting a, an idea of a combination of midfield setups, etc., that could work if we throw in this yeah. player with this player, if we try this player with but this player. But also testing their versatility. So Stevenson played probably three-quarters of the game up forward and then spent a quarter down back. Yeah. So just testing their versatility is, is the common theme of the VFLW. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it is, like you said, it, it's a fair point. It is a fair point. We might take this opportunity to wrap things up here on our WARFRadio.com match of the day. We're back on Saturday. Williamstown NT Thunder at Downer Oval. And then at the QEO Bendigo on Sunday to bring you Richmond and Casey. They will be via WARFRadio.com. And fingers crossed on RSN Carnival 2 back on your digital radio. Coxie, thank you very much for your work today in the match analyst role. 
Yeah, and it's still cold, yeah. <laughs> and thank you again to the very good work, including running down to JB Hi-Fi and back. And buying, wrong buying, buying, buying two cords, both so of them wrong. Them wrong. <laughs> yes, to Daniel Hill. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. Good to be back. I'll see you in Bendigo next week. <laughs> Odds, 8 to 1 against... 8 to uh, 1? Can I back myself? <laughs> yeah, you can if you want. I'll have 10 on myself, and then I'll shout the bar after the game. <laughs> Win-win for everybody. I'm Peter Holden. Thank you very much for your company and joining us on Facebook and on wharfradio.com. Don't forget to tune in to RSN Carnival for our midweek show Wednesday, 6pm, and look out on our website, warfradio.com from Thursday lunchtime for our midweek podcast. Until then, it's bye for now. The VFL Women's Match of the Day is a volunteer production by Women's Australian Rules Football Radio for RSN 927's digital channel, Carnival 2. The Country Footy Show with Paul Daffy. And I'm on 95 points and I should have won by about 135. After each round, all the good stuff about the game around Victoria. A bit of a dog would win in the end because we're a pretty young group and everyone probably would have expected the Premiers to run over the top of us, but that one's the case. RSN 927's Country Footy Show with Paul Daffy and Andrew Hughes.